I mean, I remember pagers, okay? Remember did you have one? one? I did not, but I remember pagers. I remember some I of my did. friends had pagers. A lot of the firefighters had them. I can't remember why I had a pager, but I remember having a pager for a short time. I think you should bring it back. I, yeah. Retro yeah, is cool again. It, you know, it is. Everything I, comes back around. Exactly. I feel like, a, you know, like today's pager is nothing but like the, the belt holster for your cell phone. I feel like that, like those, those are the same guys that wore pagers everywhere. <laughs> it is the guys that have the belt holster. That and they the fanny come, pack. Yeah. Like they have, the, they have the whole thing going on. Don't act like you didn't rock a fanny pack at least once in your life. Oh, I, d- I used to be real excited going to Kennywood Day. I was like, I had my fanny pack. School. Again, <laughs> like, I remember these things. I know. <laughs> you remember me and my fanny pack? Yes. <laughs> now they're called belt bags. And they're no, very trendy. <laughs> what was wrong with fanny pack? Because it's the word fanny. Because everybody's a snake. It, it's no. yeah. It's everybody's it hurts my sensibilities when you say the word fanny. All right. Just let it go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not going to argue it. I'm just. I'm Called just confused. Belt bag. Like... Fanny. Hello and welcome to another episode of Bry Guy and His Super Friends. I'm your host, Brian Labick. Joining me for this episode, yet again, is Paula Miller. Raylo is my halo. <laughs> it's been a while, but he's back again. Mike Romano. Um, your not-so-friendly neighborhood spider fan. <laughs> and last again, Mike Bradley. Well, I'm here to soak up all the tears from everyone from this past week, and <laughs> I'm going to add those to... The giant jar that's going to exist when Raylo never happens. <laughs> oh, there's it's it's a big Ouch. jar. I'm just going to add these these Infinity War tears on top of it. I thought we he just wants to poopo on everyone. I think that's his shtick now. <laughs> Is whatever you're into, I'm going to shit on it. I can make that my new intro. Can we start over? <laughs> <laughs> whatever you're into, no, I'm because shit. I ain't going to be able to do mine again. I'm not going to be able to get that that out of my mouth again. So no. Anything that you crap on is just fertilizer for the flowers of love that is Raylo. <laughs> I love how you can spin it, no matter what. You always bring it back around. Any anytime. <laughs> uh, all right. So on tap for this episode, we're finally going to dig into Avengers: Infinity War. It's out. We've seen it. I think all of us are itching to really dive into this. Uh, this is the 19th movie in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. This is the culmination of 10 years of movies that have started in 2008 with the first Iron Man. Um, Infinity War released this past weekend. It has gone on to break a bunch of opening weekend records, including domestic opening weekend and worldwide opening weekend. And this is even before it's opened in China. So, some of the numbers that I found, it snagged about $257 million domestically for its opening weekend, which becomes first for an open weekend domestic opening. It beat The Force Awakens, which held the previous record of $248 million, and it brought in $640 million worldwide, which then set the record for worldwide opening weekend, which beat Fate of the Furiouses. I can't believe that was number one. <laughs> That's so Gotta sad. Love those Asian markets. So sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Fate of the Furious had f- 541 million 
So Avengers beat we that by a hundred million. Yeah, yeah, it destroyed the worldwide. That's insane. And, and again, it's still not open in China yet. Yeah, yeah, one so seventh we'll of the world's that. population has still not had a shot at this, and yeah. it destroyed the opening record. So, and I also think so it's, it's funny. It is a good chance to hit a billion, probably. Oh, definitely. I mean, would you think? Yeah. I mean, they have to. I think. I'm pretty sure between this one and the next one in Avengers Four, I'm, I want to say it's probably a billion dollar budget for the two of those movies. I think it's about five hundred million each. They said three between three and four for this one, three and four hundred million. Okay, that's so why I, I, I have to imagine the second one's about the same. So maybe it's just under a billion. Yeah. But either way, if they come out with a billion from the first one, Avengers Four is just all gravy after that. Yeah, seriously. So it's bonus. Yeah, it's gonna make a shit ton of money. And I also think it's funny, worth pointing out that Infinity War made more domestically in its opening weekend than Justice League did in its entire domestic <laughs> theatrical run. Aww. No way! Did it really? Wow. Yes. That's, That's yeah. So that doesn't sad. actually surprise me because I feel I feel because like Justice like, League was in theaters for like three weeks, and then it was like yeah, nobody gave a damn long. again. What's a Justice League? And it wasn't terrible. What? <laughs> did you see Justice League, Paula? This I, is a serious question. I didn't know. I didn't see it in the theaters, though. Okay. Yeah, it looks like opening weekend for Justice League was ninety-three million, Yikes. and its total domestic is two hundred and twenty-nine million. That's so bad. So they beat it by, what did I say the number was? So, I don't know, about 30 million, 35 million? 30 million, 30. Yeah. So not only are we getting Marvel fans tears here, we're also getting all those DC tears just <laughs> pouring in. <laughs> and currently, Infinity War didn't beat, uh, like it beat Justice League's opening, uh, or I guess t- domestic total, I was looking at worldwide. It didn't beat it after its opening weekend, but it has beat it now. Infinity War's current Worldwide total eight hundred and eight million. Justice League's worldwide total over its entire theatrical run six hundred and fifty eight million. Wow! Wow! So it is killing DC. You know that leaves it just that it's not going to break a billion in one week, but it's going to be damn close. Yeah, yeah, because the the drop off from weekend to weekend, especially opening weekend to the second weekend, is usually about half. I don't see that happening here, though. You think? I'd say. I, I, I feel like I there's a lot of people that avoided this first weekend intentionally because of the crowds, and I I'm saying maybe thirty five percent drop off, not fifty. Or they couldn't get okay. tickets, or if they went to get tickets, they didn't get they wouldn't buy them because they wouldn't oh. get the seats that they wanted. Yeah. Right. Yeah, there was another showing I wanted to go to, and I it was like here, sit in one of the first three rows in front of the IMAX screen. Or that's it. Those are your choices. And it's right. like, I'm not leaving with, you know, a crane neck that I'm not going to be able to yeah, walk right again for a month. Well, I have so. plans on seeing it again. Yeah. I just haven't seen it again yet. So yeah. we, went to, we went to Del Monte. We had no problem getting in. That's because no one goes to Del Monte. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. The, 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 and it was surprisingly pretty full. Yeah. I went Friday... And Sunday, and I'm probably going tomorrow. And Friday and Sun Friday, there wasn't an empty seat. Sunday, there wasn't an empty seat. Um, so I think they were even turning people away from the IMAX because they had like a bunch of people waiting in rope lines. Wow. And you know they were like, okay, so all these were sold, and then they sold X amount, but they had them waiting to get in if there was seats. 
So, Mike, you, or Bradley, you've seen it twice? Yeah. Okay. Romano only once? Yeah. Paula only once? Yes. Okay. I've beat you all. I've seen it three times. No. I have. Really? Yeah. That's your job. I'm not. I'm not surprised. To. I'm really not. Yeah, I'm not surprised by this. Yeah, I did. I did. We did the Thursday night. I did Friday afternoon, and then Saturday afternoon, all with different groups of people. And and at this point, if somebody else is like, "Well, I haven't seen it yet, but I want to," I'd be like, "Let's go." And you were borderline coming with us on Friday night. I know. I probably could have if I really, really wanted to. <laughs> twice in one day would be a lot. I brought my dad. That's I, I technically <laughs> did twice in one day when Deadpool first came out because I went to the midnight showing and then went to sleep, had a whole thing, and then went later that Friday night. Yeah. I I mean I'd still be down to go again. anybody anybody out there that wants to go again, I I will be your plus. If one. you haven't seen it on IMAX, like I said, probably tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that might be a thing that needs to happen. It trust me. It needs to happen if you like. If you, if you haven't seen it in IMAX, you need to get to IMAX. It's pretty incredible. Um, yeah. I, I felt like I'd be nice because the weekend before, my dad was like, "Do you, you guys mind if I can I come with you guys?" <laughs> I'm like, "Sure." Like you know, acting like a little like like a little, little child about it because he knew my he knew my mom wouldn't go. So I was like, "Yeah, fine." And said so that we're sitting there, and I he apparently um forgets like what happened with other movies, <laughs> I guess. And Ro- Rody's there, and you know he's got his mechanical leg helper things on. Oh, spoiler! Maybe. Well, for Not Civil really. War, yeah, from Civil War. My dad goes, he leads over to me, and he goes, "Hey, what happened to him?" Like, <laughs> hold on, I'm like, you shut up. I should, I, I should have known better. I should have put Jess in between us, <laughs> just to give me that buffer, because he wouldn't ask Jess any questions. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Uh, all right. So typically, when we do our reviews, we we try to talk generally and spoiler free at the start of the episode. Ideally, that's to give people that may have been on the fence about the movie or haven't gone to see it or still trying to make up their mind, it'll give them an impression what we think to help them hopefully make a decision. But honestly, if you're listening to this, you probably already saw the movie, so we're gonna make this really quick. And I know we're all dying to get into the specifics of this, so I don't know what spoiler free you want to talk about. I guess we could even just go around the horn. Just, very bluntly, did you like the movie? And yes. Just go from there. Paula? Oh, yeah. Did you like the movie? I did. I'm a little salty, but I, I did like it. <laughs> we'll dive into why. Exactly. When we get into the spoiler stuff. Romano? No, I hated it. It was the worst movie ever. Don't go see it. That's good. You'll, you'll no, be just... devil's advocate for this podcast? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. No, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was beautiful. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm with these guys. I thought it was fantastic. I, obviously, I've seen it three times, so I, I have really very little complaints. Yeah, I'd, I'd hope you liked yeah. it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's everything well, I mean, we wanted it to be. I've said this before. The big yeah. movies like this, I need to see at least twice. And really, I had lined up three viewings before I even knew if it was going to be good or not. So it could have taken me that many times to try to decide if I liked it or not. But yeah, I hands down, it is fantastic. That's what I, I said. I kind of want. I kind of need to go see it. I kind of feel like I need to see it again because, like, I know there's stuff that I missed because it was just so immense. Yeah, it isn't. And so much happened in the movie. entire movie that, like, I just feel like I I know there's there's snippets, parts, something that I missed. Yeah. Or my dad asking me a question, I look at him and tell him shut up. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Hope you don't listen to this. <laughs> be real pissed off. Uh, yeah. So we'll see if we. Uh, Get you anything you haven't, you didn't notice the first time. Maybe we weren't into the spoilers and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
So I don't know, I'll just throw it out there. Anything spoiler free you guys want to talk about real quick before we get into spoilers or just dive into it and go from there? I say dive right in. Yeah, I'll, I'll end up spoiling something that, accidentally yeah. if we try. <laughs> we won't so. have to be careful. Yeah. All right, so that's that concludes our spoiler-free section. Um, we've all liked it. Please go see it if you haven't already. It is fantastic. Um, so if you are still sticking with us and haven't seen the movie, you can pause us now because we're going to get into spoilers. If you have seen the movie, you're free and clear to continue to listen. So this is your last warning. We will be talking spoilers to follow. Spoiler! Spoiler! You know, something like that. Uh, all right, so we are into the spoiler territory. So I don't really know. I've got, you know, tons of notes I feel like I could start with, but I'll just throw it out to you guys. Anybody want to start anywhere and we'll just run with it. So I'm going to start. I texted you a specific scenario that I see happening in the next movie, but I did not yes. get a response from you on that, I don't believe. Yes, I think that was like late at night and I kind of fell asleep and then I forgot to reply. I'm, but I'm I was going to bring that answer. up because I'm, I'm, I like that theory and explain to them what what you texted me. Ah, okay. So this theory is the the end of the movie happens, all that, blah, 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 blah. Um, so we know from the comics that Nebula plays a big part in how Thanos goes down. Um, I actually think because there's one thing we know for certain. Um... We can get into who died and what and all that later, but all the people that died when Thanos snapped his fingers can potentially come back. Um, very simply. I think that's a simple process, um, just like it was in the comics. Very easy thing to do. However, um, there, there is somebody that died here that didn't go out that way that would be... A, like It potentially gives a really powerful moment to when Star-Lord comes back and realizes that Gamora doesn't. Um, because Gamora actually died. As opposed to being removed from the universe. Um, so I see a potential solution to that happening when Nebula obtains the gauntlet from Thanos. She uses the gauntlet to go back in time to when Thanos sacrificed Gamora to get the Soul Stone. Saves Gamora from that fate, thus canceling out that Thanos had ever gotten the Soul Stone. Removes Gamora from the scenario, Thanos never gets the Soul Stone, never gets the Gauntlet, never snaps his fingers because he never got all the stones. The only thing that he loves is Gamora. Perhaps um, Nebula shows up. Um, kills Gamora in, in that place. I don't think I mentioned that to Brian, but that was an idea I had about it as well, is that she kills Gamora because that's the only thing he ever loved, and there, thus he cannot obtain, possibly obtain, the Soul Stone. I know, you didn't add that part. So you still think, at the by the end of this, Gamora's still dead? I, I, I think it could go either way. I think, like, what I texted you and then adding the, the part where Nebula kills her, I think are both possibilities. I like both theories. Like, I like that she has to kill her to keep him from using her again to get it. But I also okay. like the idea that she doesn't, that she goes and saves her sister, and in doing so, takes him down. I, I was thinking the same thing, except on a Loki timeline. Because <laughs> I'm like, well, what if they get the gauntlet back, use the time stone, 
And Thor's like, hey, Loki really did try to save my life up there, try to save all of our lives, the ones that were left, and uses the time stone to bring Loki back. So I was having the same thoughts, but I, I like your theory, Mike. I think it's, it's, except for the, um, where she would have to kill Gamora, because I, if there's going to be a third Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm, I don't, I can't see that happening without Gamora. That would be depressing. I, I think you have the setup there, like I said, for maybe one of the most powerful scenes they can give you um, in in Star-Lord's realization that Gamora doesn't come back to life. Um, when, but they, they would have to know. destroy Thanos in order to get the gauntlet, so Mm-mm. they wouldn't... I mean, well, they need to stop um, him. Well, it... it <sighs> In the comic book, Nebula simply snatches it off his hand while he's distracted. Like, he's fighting other people and he's not paying attention to her because he thinks so little of her that he underestimates her. And she's much worse off in the comics than she is here in in these movies. She's just like a walking corpse. But she takes advantage that he's not paying attention and just kind of slips it off his hand when he's looking the other way. And... So, beat him? Maybe not. But it looked like he kind of fused the gauntlet to his hand at the end there. It looked like the gauntlet took some serious damage when he snapped his fingers, so I don't know what that's going to do to it. Yeah. I, I'm i well, on board. But let me ask this, because I'm, I'm I'm, I don't know what all the stones can do, but can the soul stone bring somebody back? That's not clearly ever defined, as far as I know. Maybe they'll go that route. They could always just go that route. If they get the gauntlet off, or they just bring Gamora back or something, I don't know. I think that would be kind of silly for the Soul Stone to require him to kill her if he could just use it to bring her back to life, though. True, yeah, I guess so. I still think, I, my, my theory is on this is that Doctor Strange got a time loop thing going. He put a spell on the on the the soul the time stone, and there's a there's a time stone like a time loop going on until they hit that one that he talked about in fourteen billion deaths. See, I think they're in the middle of the one right now. Yeah, I think he knew he had to die and give him the time stone, and all this had to happen for them to win. Uh maybe because the first time first time I saw it, I was like, in that moment, you're thinking after Doctor Strange speeches his speech of. You know, I would sacrifice Spider-Man, I would sacrifice Iron Man if I have to protect this stone, that's what I'm going to do. And then when the moment arises, he lets the stone go. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing that for? And I think the logic there is either Doctor Strange gives it to Thanos so Thanos can go away and leave Tony Stark and Nebula there because they have key roles to play. Or Doctor Strange continues to try to hide it, Thanos kills them all anyway, and takes the stone. And the only difference in that scenario is he has the stone and everybody's dead. Yeah, yeah, dead before he does right, that. Right. He, they, he physically kills them. Right. So this is the only way that Nebula and Tony survive that encounter. This is this is okay. the one instance. But I mean, they're not. I I just can't. They they're, they're gonna have to do something to bring all these people back. Somehow, they're gonna, all these people are gonna. Have to, well, or, when, when they the majority when, when they get the, I think every single one of the people you saw die is coming back. Um, like die, die, or disappear, die, disappear, die. Disappear okay. die. Every single one of them they had disappear is coming back. Sorry, I, Paula. I, I, um, <laughs> I, I personally believe that, that there's absolutely no way they're taking away any of the Guardians, except maybe, you know, side characters. 
Like Mantis. Yeah, well, even Mantis has a part now, though. Like she, she has a yeah. Well, yeah. I, I yeah. yeah. But you ha- we know that they have a movie coming. We know there's more Black Panther movies. We know there's more Spider Man. There's movies. another Spider Man. Yeah. So we know they're coming back. Um, and I feel like the, the ones we don't know, you know, right, are the ones that I think are going to eventually be going. Well, I here's the thing: is I think they're going to resurrect all of them all at once. But Loki and Gamora are gone, gone, <laughs> and <laughs> have to be. There, there has to be some other way to bring them back, or they're just plain dead. See, I don't think Gamora's gone, gone. I think I don't think Loki's took... gone, gone either. Then <laughs> so take that. Well, it took me a couple times to realize what the hell is happening. But there's, right denial. after, uh, <laughs> right after Thanos snaps his fingers, you're teleported to this hazy place where you see little Gamora. Mm-hmm. I think that's supposed the to represent inside the Soul Stone. Yeah, Soul Realm or whatever. So I think she is alive inside the Soul Stone. Oh, okay. I like that theory. She's like her soul's tethered to this. Stone. Right. The sacrifice was so made where her stone. soul was in the stone. So she is the stone, let's call it that. So then perhaps there's going to be a switch where he gets trapped into the stone. Well, I think, because Mike, uh, Bradley, I tried to go back and read the Infinity Gauntlet storyline before this movie. Mm -hmm. In the book, they have Adam Warlock and Silver Surfer play key roles that aren't going to happen in this movie because they don't own the rights or whatever. But in in the story, Warlock and Surfer go into the Soul Stone, and don't they try to make the Soul Stone sort of like fight back against the gauntlet? Isn't that sort of Mm -hmm. how they start to free some of the influence? So, if Gamora is in there, she could be that influence from inside the Soul Stone that fights back. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Like, I I think it'll be interesting to see how they play that. Because, like, when it was the Surfer and Adam Warlock, I got how they were fighting back. Because Adam Warlock... They're immensely powerful beings, yes. Yes. Like, Gamora's powerful and all, but (laughs) she's nothing compared to Adam Warlock or the Surfer. So, it's... Yeah, I think I don't think they're. I mean, if they if they go that route, I don't think it's going to be based on power level and just more of, I don't know, take a higher meaning to that. Like it was all based on the love. She could fight back against that type of okay. thing. I don't know. The details are hazy. I'm I'm kind of spitballing here, but I, I like the idea. I think I actually think you've got something there. Like I didn't even think. Like I was trying to figure out what the hell's going on at that point because it does have an orange kind of hue to it when they're in that scene. It's yeah. orange tingy. And it, that was one of the scenes I found myself asking myself a question. Like, during the whole movie, I didn't really get taken out of it to ask a question, but I still remember asking myself, why the hell is he walking on water? Why is it always water yeah. when they do a scene like this in a movie? Why is there <laughs> always water under their feet that they can make? Like, they're walking on it like they're a Jesus character. Well, and the difference is, like, in the comic, the representation of Inside the Soul Stone looks like a planet. Like, mm-hmm. there's foresty, it's green, you're not looking at just, like, a barren, empty wasteland. So, it, it visually, it's a little bit different. I I think it makes sense, though. I think, because she is But I like your there. play with Nebula. I think Nebula definitely has a part to play, and I could definitely see her making a sacrifice somewhere in the lo- along the line to get Gamora back. I think they've been building to that. They're building up their sisterly bond. And I, I definitely think Nebula would, would end on that type of note. Yeah. I, I, I think that's a good way to end that arc. So to um, ask really quickly about, you guys were talking about the Time Stone and what it can do and, you know, a chance to bring Gamora back, or maybe Loki, 
Um, so <laughs> when open, Paula. Open. <laughs> uh, hashtag fangirl. Um, when Doctor Strange gives it to, I mean, he gives that great speech where he's never giving it up for anybody, anybody's life, but then he does. Right, right. It's because it's the only scenario that they see he sees them winning is if he gives him the stone. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So when he gives that speech to Tony and he's like, you're in the end game, like, you, I have to do it, basically, because it's the only scenario where everyone, it, everyone will come back. Well, it, he gives that speech about no chance, whatever, will I give up the stone or all that before he looks into the future to see the right. scenarios. So I think it's easily assumed that we have to say, like, he had to give it up because it's the only way they'd win. Um, why? I, I think Brian was right on because it, Nebula and Tony have to get off of Titan. They, they have to... Maybe maybe they don't have to get off Titan, but maybe they have to be alive. Whatever occurs when they win only occurs if Tony and Nebula are alive. So while we're quickly on that sort of subject of the two of them on Titan, I kind of forgot to mention we're sort of having a guest appearance by Josh, who sent me a bunch of bullet point notes that I'm oh. going to try to go through <laughs> Okay. to fuel some discussion and get a little bit of his, his perspective in here. But the last thing he has in his notes, how are Tony and Nebula getting off Titan? Does her ship still work? So we can try to address that now if we want, since we're sort of on that. Oh, well, that was my thought. Like, how are they going to get off? How are they getting off I think Titan? we have to assume that her ship's still fine. Well, we forget that all the other Guardians disappeared, which means the Milano is still there. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, that's true, yeah. Duh. So yeah. they could just hijack Quill's ship. That's my thought. Yeah, because they don't really show us much of that. Like, they don't show you Quill landing. They just kind of give you the transmission, right. like, oh, tell them to meet me here. Right. And then they show up, and hilarity ensues for a minute there. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah, I think that's the obvious answer then. Quill ship. All right, Josh, we'll check that off out. your list. Answered. <laughs> oh, um, okay. I thought you were going with the next Josh thing, but you're going to play it in when we hit the spots. Got it. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to bounce <laughs> back and forth between my notes and his notes, so I'm 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 probably going to miss some of the stuff, but gotcha. We'll try to wrap up with his if we miss any by the end. Um I think I mean we we jumped right to the end. I was going to ask how you guys feel about the ending of the movie. And whether or not we think the deaths are going to be permanent. I think we've kind of covered some of that. So we're sort of thinking that the ones that disappeared after the snap of the fingers are all pretty much coming back. I think we're yeah. in agreement there. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the ones that are killed before that. Are we Are we thinking they're gone for good? Or no. Or do they have the possibility to come back? Oh, I they're, know Paula's yeah, crossing her fingers sorry. for... I'll remove myself from that Which, question. <laughs> I, I, Paul, I have to ask you because we saw the movie together, but you were you were a row in front of me, so I never actually saw your reaction oh. in the first ten minutes when Loki dies. Yeah, you and Sarah. Sarah was up there too, so I have no idea how you guys reacted to this when the moment happened. So first, we heard the crunching of his neck, which was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, did they really have to give us that? Thanks. I think yeah. it had to be permanent um, in that sense. Like it was like. <laughs> Dead. Not not like not incapacitated, not you know, like it was it was a statement they were making at that point to say like he's not here to screw around, oh. he's just gonna kill him. I wanna real quickly, I just wanna jump in and set the stage. Both Paula and Sarah are wearing their Tom Hiddleston t shirts <laughs> at the time they saw this movie. It's true. <laughs> and we posted a picture that we were burdened with glorious purpose. 
Um, yeah, it was really traumatic. We both grabbed each other. We held each other's hand. Um, <laughs> I, I do believe there was sniffling, but I, I don't know who it was coming from. So <laughs> Your husband. Uh, exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he, he was like, you guys were just overreacting a little bit in there. <laughs> you don't understand. Loki. Um, because we know he's such a good guy and he was trying to do the right thing. And it happened at the beginning of the movie, which left me a little salty. So yeah, I was actually surprised they did that quickly. There is no reason for them to, I mean, sure. They were trying to give him like an emotional reason to be angry with Thanos, but he already like got on the ship and like killed pretty much everybody on there or, you know, sent his crew. So why did you have to kill Loki? Why was that necessary? I feel like that was Thanos arriving on the scene and saying, "Fuck you, audience! I'm here, to here party. I am." Right? Because not only yeah, do they, we... not only do they have him choke out Loki, he physically kicks the shit out of the Hulk. Um, yeah, it makes the Hulk not want to come back right. out at all. <laughs> the entire movie, yes. Thor's right. on his ass. He takes Very out Loki. Bad. He kicks the crap out of the Hulk. That is one way to set. The Don't bar forget Heimdall. This guy means business. Yeah, yeah, he and takes Heimdall. him out too. Yeah. What happened to Valkyrie and Korg? We don't know. I only really care about Korg. Because yes. I fucking and love Korg. where is Lady Sif and all hey, of this since we haven't seen her mm-hmm. in two movies now? <laughs> That's why we need the mm-hmm. time stone. We need to bring all those people back. I don't care about Lady Sif, really, to be honest. With Sif. <laughs> well, if Sif, they can't resign Natalie Sif. Portman, they need somebody to be Thor's love interest going forward. It's going to be Valkyrie. Our volunteers tribute. <laughs> <laughs> I, Pirate yeah, Angel. I was going to say, like, I, I'll, I'll take it. I'll He's take a beautiful man. Pirate Angel. Um, but Pirate Angel. That was <laughs> so great. Pirate Angel. Um, you are a dude. That is a man. <laughs> this is going to be one of the best quotable movies, I think, oh going forward. There was there were some great one-liners. Freaking awesome. That was the only... Re- that's what kind of redeemed it for me, was, you know, first you snap Loki's neck. You got to give me something after that. So the humor was very well needed. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, we are mourning Loki. We're all wearing black <laughs> and green. And I think we, we talked about this on the prep episode too, but we were wondering if this movie opens, if it's going to basically like screw up the end of Ragnarok, which it basically does. As far as we're left to believe, all the Asgardians are dead after this opening. We still don't know where Lady Sif is. Okay. So there's one Asgardian. Well, Two if you count Thor. And we don't we don't see Valkyrie though, was die. The ship, was the ship split in half? The ship was split in half, but then they blew oh, they, it up afterwards. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, I thought he only blew up the half that he was on. There was a lot of space debris. Okay, that could be true. Yeah, that, that, yeah there was... But then where did everybody else go? Because when, when the Milano gets there, every, everything's gone. So they, they had to destroy the whole thing. Unless then. they just drifted off into space somewhere else? I don't know. Yeah, we're not yeah. exactly given a time frame on how long in between... Until the Guardians find them. That could have been minutes or days. We just have to cross our fingers that days. Valkyrie, Korg, and Meek all survived on the second half of the ship floating in space somewhere. I don't really care about Meek. I just want Korg. Hey, man. <laughs> nah, Meek's got to be Meek's, there. Meek's the buddy system for Korg. I mean, yeah. That, yeah. Like, we got to get another, like, oh, no, Meek's dead joke. It, <laughs> some, somewhere it's got to happen again. Like, oh, yeah, no, he froze in space. And then it's like. I'm just a pile of rocks, the, you know. I, I, I yeah, I, I can't, I can't freeze. I'm a bunch of rocks. The Thor, I mean, seriously, the Thor Ragnarok. Like, I can, I can like watch that like <laughs> in the drop of a hat. I don't know why. Like, Jess and I've probably watched that movie about ten times already. <laughs> Jess loves it, so that's well, good. Well, Jeff Goldblum did make that movie what it is. So, 
Well, Jess will tell you it was the Led Zeppelin song playing in twice in the movie. <laughs> That's what made the movie. <laughs> I, I'm. It was just all good. I did find one plot hole in that. I know I'm jumping way off topic. You know, that's why I'm called the derailer. I think we're going to be jumping around a lot, but go ahead. But, okay, since I never got to talk about Thor Ragnarok, okay, so if Heimdall is the all-seeing, like, towards the end, how the fuck did he not see the army of, of skeletons and the big fucking wolf on the fucking bridge? How did he not see that? He, he probably see everything. He probably did, but he also saw Loki coming in with the ship towards that bridge, so he's like, I gotta get people on the bridge. Loki the savior. Fine. All right. Fine. <laughs> fine. You win. Okay. Just, I'm just playing devil's advocate. It, it, there's also, even if you're all seeing, you still got to look. Because it seems like he has to focus pretty good to take a look and see Dude, things. Dude, it was right down the hill. I could have probably seen it from where <laughs> I was standing. <laughs> I saw it from my seat in the theater. <laughs> all right, so I he was up on that hillside looking down at the, looking at the right. rainbow road there. I'm like, oh, well, okay. All right, we're going to get uh, Eat. I don't even know how to say the name, but Eater. Eater? Peter Dinklage's character. Oh, yeah, I don't Each- know how to say that. Eatry? Eatry. We're going to get Eatry to make... Heimdall some bifocals and be like, here, yeah. you should have seen those skeletons. For the dead guy. Well, yeah, I was going to say, as we've addressed, it's a moot point because Heimdall's dead. Oh. Yeah, and that's then he true. blew up. That's true. That's a shame. I liked I liked him. I think Idris Alba didn't give a shit about these movies anymore, so I, I think he wanted out regardless. Well, especially because, I mean, he if in the grand scheme of things, his, his role was, for the most part, minor. His biggest role was in Ragnarok. Yeah. And considering they wiped out all of all, all of Thor's other friends that are warriors, why did Heimdall survive that? Only to get killed then when uh, Infinity War starts, so... Yeah, when Thor goes through the list of people that have died around him, it's like, yep, alright, you've been through some shit. You know what, that whole scenario there between Thor and Star-Lord was... That was just great. Like, I honestly, I, I know I mentioned last time that I was looking forward to a specific duo and how they were going to play with each other in the movie. And That's what she said. Ha ha. <laughs> and that was not the two I was talking about. I was talking about Stark and Doctor Strange, which wasn't disappointing, but I feel like Star-Lord and Thor together just killed it for that short time. And even beyond that, Thor and Rocket together was hilarious. Yeah. Rabbit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thor and Rabbit. Rabbit. When Thor says that he knows, he speaks Groot because it was an elective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, it, funny thing with that, too, is if you read the comics, Thor and pretty much the entire like Asgardian royal family would be able to understand Groot. Um, they're all granted from Odin with something called Allspeak. Where they can understand everyone, and everyone can understand them, no matter what languages are spoken. Be a, but it's like calling it an elective, like on a I thought was fucking great. Calling it like, because Thor would totally have gone to a school with electives in Asgard. <laughs> I could see that being a Hemsworth improv line. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, speaking of improv. Mm. The whole um, I'm, I'm, I've read an article that the whole at the end scene there with with Tom Holland was all improvised. I read that I article. Think I saw that yeah, too. Yeah, that's right there, right in the feels, guys. <laughs> right in the feels. 
Yeah, I think the direction was basically just like try to, I don't, I don't know, somehow try not to like that he doesn't want to go and he just went, ran with it from that or something like that. Wasn't isn't mm-hmm. that what I saw? Well, that and I, I read like a couple. Other, there was another article too that I read that like because like apparently he he now has his spider sense. He. If if you if you pick that up, he has a spider sense. So he knew it was coming before it was actually coming. So he could like he felt it before everything else. Mm-hmm. That's that's how it was explained too. So he really like he apparently I guess like Spider Man really got like the brunt of it, like because he was he the spider sense picked up on he was about to poo em- ember away <laughs> ash away. I feel like at some point in this movie they really <clears throat> should have just like. Right, well, not at some point. Right at the end. Right after he snaps his fingers. I feel like we're going to have an edit on YouTube very shortly after people can get a hold of it. Where immediately snap the fingers and cue Alec Guinness. Um, you know. As if a billion voices all screamed out at once. We're instantly silenced. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like that's going to happen. Um, shortly. Soon. Uh, should we address the characters that have been missing in this movie that we thought might make an appearance? We made a big fucking deal about Hawkeye possibly showing up, and he was nowhere to be found in this movie. It was mentioned once. Once, yes. Totally and fooled. I was fooled. Yeah, I thought, I agree, I thought that he was going to have some kind of something to do here. We thought there was a lot more trickery than there really was. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. We we planned for all this misdirection, and really they, they sold us what they planned on the mm-hmm. whole time. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and speaking of that, the Red Skull showing up, um, that... Fucking awesome. Yeah, that was amazing, because I did, I thought that was going to be death. The, That's like, what I thought it was going like to be, too, because it looked like death. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. The cloak, everything, it was just like, oh, they're going to bring death in. And then it's the Red Skull, and you're like, oh, holy shit, it's still awesome, even though it's not death. And I, I think one of the biggest things to come out of this is what's going to happen with the red skull um i think i always said the red i always said he thing. wasn't dead but we always but I we always saw it as a dementor right <laughs> like we all saw the dementor. <laughs> definitely how it started yes okay yeah like i i think that's something that we can theorize for days about but i think phase four may play into the fear itself storyline um if we get a universe-wide Red Skull threat, I think the Fear Itself storyline could very much be at play there. <clears throat> well, it seems wasted now. If they if they bring him back just for that real little cameo and then not use him again after this, I think it's... I'm hoping they're laying the, the breadcrumbs for using him later. Especially well, because they recast him. So, Hugo Weaving... Yeah, a little really, more Walking Dead love. Hugo Weaving okay. doesn't care to come back in this role, so they recast him, so now they could really do whatever they want with him. Who did they cast in his place? Uh, Mike um, knows the name. Ross Marquand. Marquand. Do you watch Walking oh, Dead? Oh, okay. Yeah, I know who he is. The 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 gay guy. Aaron. Aaron. Yeah. Yeah, it's Aaron. Interesting. Yeah, I was. Do you ever? You go to listen. Like, there's like videos like YouTube him. He can basically almost impersonate anybody's voice. Oh, really? He did a damn yeah, good job I, he, because I honestly, I, when I saw I, that, I thought that was Hugo Weaving, and I was like, holy I shit! Too. I thought they couldn't get him. And I did too. So. If they go that route, which I like, I, I agree with you, Brian. That, like, there's no reason at all to have that be him, and then just have him there for that scene. I think there's a very clear reason for it. Um, what I mean, other it did get true... one of the best. 
reactions, I think, out of the theater watching oh, it, yeah. like seeing him show up. So if they were just going yeah. for just an audience surprise reaction like that, I think they nailed it. I, but yeah, where do they go from here? I don't know. I, well, that's what I was going to say is what big bad do they have left that they can throw a, a threat to the universe at? When they wrote this well, movie, they didn't have... They have Fox now. What, right, but they, they so didn't they when like, they wrote Galactus this movie. Shit like that. Uh, well, so yeah. so I'm saying they they intend to use him as a big bad in the Marvel universe that threatens the whole thing now because they don't have any others when they write this storyline. They don't have Doom, Galactus, all those X Men characters. Right, but they're fantastic. Their four. plans change. Like between now and right. by the time Avengers Four comes out, that Fox deal should be done. Right. Oh, so I. If agree. they are crafting the next phase, they could put in Doctor Doom and start laying the groundwork for having him be the big bad. Right. They might have and, had plans right now writing when they wrote this movie to have Red Skull do something, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen if all these deals go through and they have other characters to play with. I agree. I, I think like it, when the deal goes through, I think it'll honestly be Galactus next once everything's all said and done because that's the next one that people will want to see most, I think. Um, I think it's going to be real funny if they actually do Galactus and make it just this big, giant guy in space. And then you go back and watch the Fantastic Four movie with Silver Surfer and Galactic is just this nebulous cloud because it's like they were afraid to put a big guy in space. Yeah, they (laughs) put the big, giant guy in space and it makes a trillion dollars and people were like, what the hell? Yeah, Fox is like, what the fuck? We didn't do, we were too afraid to do that the first time. That's been the problem from Fox the whole time is pulling back the reins on what the comics were to put forth a more realistic stance on something. Yeah, that's definitely... You go back and watch, like, the 90s superhero... or early 2000s superhero movies, and then go watch a Marvel movie now. And the the earlier ones, try to make it grounded and try to shy away from the comic book-y side of it. And the Marvel movies are embracing the comic book of it all. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are gravitating towards. They know what the hell they're doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't have to explain how Galactus walks in space. You don't have to. You just yeah, just have him do it. Like don't just show him pick up a planet, shove it in his mouth, and eat it. Yeah. We'll know what's going on. <laughs> um, all right, so let's talk about uh, spinning off from villains. Let's talk about Thanos. How do you guys feel about Thanos? You like his motivations? You think they did a good job with him after setting him up for a couple movies? Or do you want to jump into that? Let's let's go with Paula. My, Bradley's been stepping in a lot. Let me just start calling people out. Let's go with Paula. Um, how did I feel like the way he looked or the way he? Anything really you want to adjust okay. with, like talk about with Thanos? Um, I mean, I felt a lot of empathy, like empathy for him. I felt there was times where I felt sorry for him, sad for him, especially when you know, Gamora's you know having her speech where she's like, "You don't love anything," and I'm sitting <clears> in my chair going, "Oh, girl, he loves you." So <laughs> I'm like, we know that. How can you not know that? So um, um, when the little girl says to him, you know, was it worth, what was it worth? And he's like, everything, or, you know, the, the end speech. At the, what did it cost? What did it cost you? Thank you. Um, and he says everything. And I'm like, oh, I really want to feel bad for him. But he just eliminated like half of everybody. <laughs> so um, I think it was, I really do think it was his story. It was. He was evil. He was believable. Um, Josh Boland did an amazing job. <clears throat> um, but I agree with, I think it's Star-Lord who said that his face looks like a ball sack or a nut sack. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Um, he, visually, he was amazing. It was, you know, 
you always try to catch those. Is it really, does it really look like a, a real character or, you know, what can I see that there would be a flaw in it? And it, it was just amazing to watch. Um, so yeah, I, I did enjoy his story arc in that quite a bit. Yeah. This really is kind of like Thanos's movie with like the side characters of the Avengers. Right. Like he is, he is the linchpin for this movie. If you don't mm-hmm. get on board with the story they're trying to tell with Thanos, the movie falls apart. Yeah. But I, I mean, you see, you can, you can, you know, like you can empathize with him. I mean, you can because you see, he talks about what it did to his planet and that, you know, what he, I mean, yeah, what what he did was wrong, but well, you get it to a point. And, and that was always Thanos's catch: is that Thanos had the best interests of the universe at heart. But yeah. he had the wrong idea of how to fix it, um, because it's it's always been that one loophole with Thanos' story through the Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War series, with wanting to wipe out half of the universe. Is that if you have the Infinity Gauntlet and it's that powerful, make another universe um, for the half of people that you were going to kill to live in, yeah, and problem solved. But that doesn't occur to him he sees the genocide as the correct answer well i thought in the comic books like he only wanted to kill everybody because he just wanted to please death yes because he, he was in like infatuated with death yes and that's something they they tease at the very end of the first avengers but never address again yeah but and, and i get why they did it though because it makes you feel for the character it makes him more because if you just made him just like i just want to kill everybody because i'm i want to impress somebody it's not as great of a story you know i think i think from what i read they were trying to limit uh screen time like trying to you know with enough characters in it as it is just the heroes trying to add in new characters to suck up screen time was gonna slow down the story and and make it harder to follow so they figured between introducing thanos who gets a lot of story the black order who doesn't really get any story and then trying to throw in death and introduce that character and what they mean and how they relate to everybody, it was they they cut that. Yeah, it was going to be too much, so they tried to streamline that out of Thanos' story and go from there. I'd still say that we're not guaranteed not to see it in the next one. I think it had to be this one. I don't think it makes sense to show it again in the next one, like or to show her for the first time in the next one. Yeah, I don't, I don't see it happening either. I think they sort of, like, I think you get the tease at the very end of the first Avengers when the the one acolyte says to Thanos, like, to to challenge the Avengers would be to court death. And then Thanos gives the smile and you're like, oh, I know what that means. And then they never address it again. I think it was more or less just like a placeholder to show Thanos. And it's like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll tackle that story later. So when they finally got up to Infinity War, they needed something to do with him and they just kind of ignored that part and... Because even, or was perhaps, honestly, if you go back and and look at that last shot of Avengers where you see the side of his face, his if you really want to get nitpicky, his the, the design of Thanos has changed between then and oh, Infinity War. absolutely. Yeah. They, but I, I feel like that was definitely a more comic booked design. Um, yeah. In this one, they realized with that design, they couldn't capture the emotions that they wanted. Yeah. And so they went with uh, the design they did. Um, and about the death thing, I would say there's also in my own mind, the possibility that, that, that was not Disney enough, um, to go forward with, um, 
just the idea of like actually trying to court death trying to like want to marry the physical embodiment of death may have been too dark for Disney to say okay yeah could be possible I really thought like if they were going to do death and I, I still hold by this that they would have they should have used Kate Blanchett's character from Ragnarok because you've already introduced her so you know where she comes from and then you just pair her with Thanos so you know you don't have to, it's not like introducing a new character you can just use one you already have to serve that role and I think that would fix the problem of trying to introduce someone new but they didn't they didn't go that route so maybe Hela is dead even the, even as much as I argued that I think the last time that I you know we never saw a body she might still be floating out there somewhere I yeah so you're might Bradley you're thinking if they do death it's going to be a brand new character they're not going to use Hella for that? Yeah, brand new. Okay. I could see that being just a very simple thing to turn it on the fans at some point and villainize Thanos deeply. It would be, you know, turning... I don't think you want to, like, just make him a straight-up villain. I think, like what Paul and Mike were saying... <clears throat> this storyline helps you empathize with Thanos. That's what makes a good villain. If you see exactly what he's trying to do, you understand what he's trying to do, and you can relate to that on a, in some sense. Right. If he's just creating death just to, to you know, go after the chick that's death, that's not as relatable. Because who the fuck's going to do that? I was saying I villainize him in the sense that he is serving death by doing so. He's telling people what his reasons are. He's not being honest because he is serving death's purpose and will. As opposed but then to, at the same time, it almost doesn't make Thanos the big bad. It makes Death the big bad. Precisely. Like a bait-and-switch type of thing. I, and then they have I, to f- fight with Thanos against Death. Uh, that, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think be, that's, a little, that's a little far-fetched. It'd be an interesting that, twist if they if they went that way. I just I, I don't know if I can get behind that. One of the things Aaron said to me after the movie was um, he's he said there was a lot of going back and forth between everyone's storylines. He's like, you know, we're yes. here, we're there, we're there, we're there. And that's one of the things that he did not enjoy about it. He's like, there are so many storylines. But <laughs> I think, like, throwing one more in, I-, I think that would set him off the edge. <laughs> yeah, throwing a new character into this one definitely would have maybe caused overload, trying to learn two new characters amongst everything else going on. Mm-hmm. Because Thanos, while he's been around, you're still learning his story here. And yeah. so death, throwing that in too is another part of it, may have just been madness. Because we know in the next story we're had, we're going to have Captain Marvel. So um, will we get Ant-Man and the Wasp in that too? I think we have to. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that's for sure. But the thing that threw me off, like that was actually the biggest disappointment of the movie to me was the end credit scene. That we didn't actually get to physically see Brie Larson as Captain Marvel in some way, shape, or form. As opposed to, okay, it's a pager image, and it's like, okay. Yeah, we... Okay, Captain Marvel. Well, I get it. I mean, they, they want to save the reveal of her in the costume, probably for her origin story movie. So I'm, I get that. Hey, at least show me, like, a meteor coming to Earth that's her. You know what I mean? Off in the distance, you know, it pans to the sky, and you see, like, a bright gold meteor coming toward the Earth. You almost yeah, did get okay. your PG-13 F-bomb, though. Almost. You almost, you almost, almost oh, yeah. Almost. <laughs> and you almost got your, you know, obligatory Samuel L. Jackson motherfucker in there somewhere. <laughs> that, that was 
a saving grace a little bit on that. I feel like how you can never tell if Sam Jackson's just doing that because it's Sam fucking Jackson, or if someone's giving him direction to be like, say motherfucker for me one more time. <laughs> you really going to put that in a Disney movie? What? Yeah, they'd never do that. that would never I, 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 don't, I don't think since Pulp Fiction he's been able to get away from that. <laughs> and did anybody else sort of realize that uh, Thanos' motivations is very, very similar to Samuel L. Jackson's motivations in Kingsman? Uh, yeah. Huh, yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. I kept thinking, like, you know, humanity's a virus. You gotta take out the virus. <laughs> That's one, yeah. I, I, I like both of those movies. And I, the villain plots in both of those movies, I think, work, work really well. I do think Thanos is, like, I got completely understood his motivations, what was going on. Yeah. And I, I think they did a really good job with him. Even, even just from a special effects standpoint, like Paul was saying, how he looked. Like, you compare mm-hmm. to. Not to point fingers and, and nudge Justice League again, but Justice League featured an out-of-space villain that was all CG coming to Earth, looking to collect different MacGuffins, then have to beat up a superhero team along the way. That's the gist of this movie, and Thanos looked fucking ten times better than Steppenwolf did in Justice League. Yeah, Steppenwolf yeah, looked I'd, pretty shitty. I'd love to see... That, the just... fact that Steppenwolf's, like, not a major... I mean... No, he's not... In general. He, like, not he's, he's not, not recognizable side. to anybody. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's not recognizable to Darkseid. I'd love to see just the budget that they had for Thanos' facial expressions. Just oh, yeah. the budget they spent on just his face. Not even the rest of his body. Just the face. 10 to 20 guys just working on that that part of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, all you got to do is look at the credits for all the different special effects companies. There's like four or five, six of them all working on this movie. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm thoroughly impressed with everything they did. To, to make Thanos look the way he did to like even throwing like the Hulk popping in and out of Banner at different yeah. parts of the movie yeah, half of his face turning into the Hulk things like that that was awesome so why do you so think the off. Hulk doesn't want did, am I jumping did I jump no no no, no you're good because <laughs> I was going to spin off into other Hulk stuff okay. if we're staying on Hulk we'll keep going well, why do we think that the Hulk doesn't want to come out he's got his Hulk knew he couldn't win yeah, I yeah. think I think they yeah, I think they nailed it. I think he's terrified. Yeah. I think it's the first time he's had his ass handed to him, he does he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. Because you figure Hulk's still basically a child. I mean the mentality of a child. Yeah. I mean, just the way he talks and everything like that. So I mean, imagine getting your ass beat by your big brother. You you ain't gonna wanna do it any <laughs> anymore, you know? <laughs> I, I honestly at the at the end there I thought Hulk was gonna come out after Banner managed to kill one. You know, like, oh, no, Pewdie Banner, not kill, I kill. And, <laughs> you know, come out be- just because he wants to prove himself better than Banner. When he didn't, it was kind of like, oh, wow, yeah, he's scared shitless right now. That's interesting. And that's where I wanted to go, is that I was going to ask if you guys were surprised that Hulk didn't come out of, like, even, like, the Hulkbuster suit, like, bust out of the Hulkbuster suit in the third act of the movie. That we that's did what not I was see hoping Hulk. for. I was hoping for him to bust out of the Hulkbuster that, suit. That, that would have been a cool thing to see, him turn into Hulk out of the Hulkbuster suit and... Because, again, I was staying away from spoilers, like, everything away from these. And the toys are notorious for spoiling stuff. Mm-hmm. There is apparently a toy of Hulk busting out of the Hulkbuster suit. Oh, really? Which makes you think, was that the original oh, really? part of the third I act? I didn't realize and then they changed that. I just the story. Scene. I thought there was just a Lego set that had Bruce Banner in the Hulkbuster suit. Yeah, there's some toy that I has... I thought that was... Like, you get the Hulk figure, and you can put the Hulkbuster suit over the Hulk figure... And the package uh, of this of the figure is showing Hulk 
rip out of the suit from within. Well, even even in the previews, in the in the in the previews where it shows like Captain Cap Mer- Captain America and like everybody else like running towards those, which is never in the movie. Things. That shot is yeah. never in the movie. Yeah, you you see Hulk and he. The Hulk never was there other than the beginning of the movie. Right. Well, they I had think one part CG of, character, one big that, CG character, so they couldn't do another one. <laughs> I, well, I think part of the reason they did that scene that way was so that you didn't realize that Tony wasn't inside the Hulkbuster armor that's in that same scene. Because they're right. all going. So if they showed, like, just so that people weren't speculating, like, oh, the Hulk inside the Hulkbuster armor, how incredible would that be? Um, I, I think they did it in that sense... Because they didn't want you to know where Tony was. Well, even to your point, like when in the final cut of the movie, they could still use that shot and sort of take out the Hulk and then put in the Hulkbuster over top of that. But that shot is not in the movie. Period. Right. I also, so, I also think I don't it was know. kind of refreshing not to have. Um, I mean, to have Bruce Banner the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I had no problem with it. Yeah, I think he was great. He had one of the best lines in the whole movie when Thor shows back up and he's just laughing like oh, you're in trouble now <laughs> and you just see shit start blowing up everywhere because of him yeah that that was fantastic and I mean he Mark Ruffalo does such a good job as Bruce Banner yeah I can just always watch that yeah um I want to spin back around to the Black Order the rest of Thanos' children uh what'd you guys think of them because they don't, like I said, I mentioned before, we were, they, they so focus so much on Thanos' story. We don't get any type of backstory I, I, for these characters. I was going to say, most people that go to see the movie aren't even going to know their names. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's Cull Obsidian, the Ebony Maw, um, Proxima Midnight, and... Corvus Glaive. Corvus Glaive is the last one. And the only one that gets mentioned by name is the Maw. He doesn't even call him the Ebony Maw. He says, oh, is the Maw dead? Yeah. I don't think any of the others are actually mentioned by name. I don't think so either. Just call them the children, his children. So, I, I think not even naming them in the movie is saying a lot about how disposable they are as characters. Yeah. Well, this is where I think, like, Marvel would have benefited from either, like, a one-shot, like they've stopped doing, or even, like, some sort of very quick, like web like short little web shorts or something you could do one for each of those characters and set them up like this is so and so and this is what they do you know just try to fill in the backstory so when you see the movie you're like oh shit it's that person right instead of oh a faceless guy for them to punch right yeah the in i i i enjoyed the fight scenes the the fight scenes were incredible uh in the the opening bit there with I'm not even, I guess that's Cull Obsidian Squidward. and... His name is Squidward. Yes, the Ebony, <laughs> the Ebony Maw and Cull Obsidian <laughs> Squidward. That was fantastic. <laughs> um, I, th- that fight scene alone, you know, like Spider-Man showing up in the middle of it. Then, you know, like just when Doctor Strange sends Bruce Banner off, like, well, if you're not going to be of help, just get the hell out of the way. It, it's yeah. just like, I don't know, like seeing Iron Man and Doctor Strange fight side by side was pretty incredible you know getting that for the first time obviously i love how we never like think about it at the time maybe maybe not as much but like watching say like dr strange and he has a fight in downtown new york and you're like where the fuck's iron man yeah and this is the movie where all that kind of those like lingering thoughts in the back of your head pays off 
They start fighting in downtown New York. Spider-Man shows up because, of course, he would. They're in his fucking city. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just think about, like, that scene that you're seeing. That initial scene, even before he gets the Iron Spider outfit, it was just amazing <laughs> Mike just Spider-Man got a hard on. work. Dude, I'm not as big a Spider-Man fan as he is, and I did when I saw that. <laughs> the legs popped out of the back of it on the ship for the first time. It was like, oh, they actually put the legs in the Iron Spider. I yeah. think I even giggled. I think I giggled like out loud <laughs> in the movie theater. I was like, <laughs> I did like one of those. I'm pretty sure I did that. His line was hilarious, though. He was like, what are those? <laughs> yeah, like, what's that? He doesn't even know what's about to happen. The thing saves his life anyways. It's great. Um, I, I the, the kids, to me, were a necessary addition, is why I'd say they used them, and why they also didn't get much of a story. I call them the kids. <laughs> yeah. I mean, especially because they can't put Thanos everywhere. Right. And the way they split up all the Avengers, you have to have them fight somebody. So if you have these other nameless minions for them to fight that can be in different places all at once, that's the best way to do it. Yeah. And speaking of minions and, and places all at once, when Doctor Strange splits himself in the 100, I just wanted that scene to continue just a little longer than it did. Let Thanos, rather than just Thanos just wiping it away, let him have to fight, like actually fight Doctor Strange when he's in however many forms that was at that time. Just for a minute. Just give us a minute of that. You know, it's moves like that, though, that make me wish we had a one-on-one fight between Doctor Strange and Loki. I would love yeah. that. I, I think we got that want, a little bit, though. You just want Loki in back. <laughs> <laughs> they did a close-up of, um, of Doctor Strange's hand, his hands. And mm-hmm. you can see where his... You can see their mangle. Yeah, you can yeah. see where they did, like, the surgery on. Like, oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. I like I like continuity like that. Yeah. That obviously his scars on his hands are not going to go away. And it's really... The, I found it odd watching Ragnarok, maybe after a couple of repeat viewings. I didn't realize it at the time. But they give Doctor Strange gloves in that one. Oh. Mm-hmm. But in Doctor Strange movies, he's not wearing gloves. And in this movie, he's not wearing gloves. So why in Ragnarok is he suddenly wearing gloves? To save on makeup. Yeah, maybe they didn't want to put the scars <laughs> on his hands whenever they, they yeah, did that. That's actually well, probably true. The actual comic book character, I mean, the cam- he always has gloves on. Right, so. the comic book, yeah. It, it fits more that. of his outfit from, from the comic book. Yeah. And honestly, if you're talking about the Doctor Strange and Loki, Doctor Strange kind of pwned Loki in Ragnarok. It was just like, bye. Yeah, I'd still like <laughs> to see a straight up, like, we're going to fight just to see who's better type of thing instead of just, like, a cheap shot. Loki. I mean, I, yeah, we know where Paula's vote is. <laughs> I've got the t-shirts I, I to will, prove it. <laughs> I will look back sometime and see if I can find anything about a potential comic fight that may have happened between them. Let's see what happened. Oh, there you go. Check the source material. Yeah, we'll, we'll go to the source uh, and see if there's anything. But uh, I think that they did a lot of great work uh, with Doctor Strange in the movie, but I I don't know. I, I, I think in this universe, Doctor Strange still kicks the crap out of Loki. That's fair. I'm sure Paula would fight you on that, but I'm maybe sorry. we'll say that for another podcast. My earbuds went out. I didn't hear that last bit. So. <laughs> we, we were actually talking about um, Tony Stark versus Doctor Strange in a oh, battle good. of the goatees while oh. they were on their way to Titan. Um, 
I'm actually really sad they never addressed that joke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm watching them talk next to each other, and I'm like, their facial hair's the same. (laughs) I know they do a joke like that in the comics, don't they? I know I've seen that somewhere before. That would have been a perfect fit right there. Yeah. Or the Sherlock joke. Never oh, happened. That's, maybe I was that's the so one I'm thinking of. For the Sherlock joke too. Um, like th- when I wanted to see those two together, when I was talking about anticipating that a lot, I was thinking to myself, like, "There's going to be a good Sherlock joke somewhere in here," and I'm going to love it. <laughs> and then there wasn't, and I'm still not disappointed because it was still fun watching the two of them. But there's still time. Maybe they'll end with one. Mm. That's true. Um, all right, so I'm going to ask you guys what you think of like the. Sort of like the maybe the divisive moment maybe in the uh, middle of the movie when they are just about ready to get the gauntlet off, and Peter Quill acts emotionally, punching Thanos in the face so he keeps the gauntlet. Apparently, the internet has n- really hating on Peter Quill right now. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if any of you f- reflect the same views as the internet. I mean, we were all in the theater going, "No! Why did <laughs> you yeah. do a- that?" There's a couple things I'll say about it. One, yeah, you know what? Control your damn temper to save the world, even if something like that's just happened. But two, I understand it. Yeah. And punch him in the face. So you have both of these things there. But the truth is, even if they get that gauntlet off, there's no guarantee they keep it off of him. Because Thanos alone is still powerful, more powerful than all of them put together without the gauntlet. With the gauntlet, they stand no chance. Without it, he's still going to kick their ass. It's just how long can Mantis hold on? Yeah, I think it's one of those... Like, when the... At least when I'm thinking, like, the first time I was watching this and the scene is unfolding and you know what's going to happen, you know he's going to react the way he did. So I guess it, it didn't surprise me, and I think it works really, really well for a good emotional beat there because as soon as they knock him out, the music drops away. It's quiet. It is just dialogue and what is happening, and I think that that gives you a good gut punch for whatever's going on right there. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's executed really, really well. Regardless of, you know, like you guys are saying, the universe is at stake, you should know better, but, and even still, from a story standpoint, you know they can't win right there, so, I don't know, I was okay with it, I'm, I'm, I'm not hating on them like the internet is. I actually kind of really like that scene. Yeah. Like I said, none of them could wield the gauntlet, so... They couldn't, like, put it on and try and beat Thanos with the gauntlet, because they'd just die. Yeah. So, what the hell? They would have just... It would have just prolonged the loss. <laughs> like... <laughs> um, I think we mentioned... I think I brought up earlier, there was some noticeably absent characters, like Hawkeye, Ant-Man, Wasp, that were not in this movie. Coulson. Yeah, there was rumors of Coulson coming back, too, I thought, too. But he yeah, never showed up. I heard those I rumors. Thought I, I thought he was coming back for Captain Marvel. I've heard that, too. Since Captain Marvel's taking place in, like, the 80s or something like that. Yeah. They're supposed to de-age Clark Gregg a little bit. Oh, that... Put him in there. And Nick Fury, too. They're supposed to be de-aging. Yeah. Him. Oh, that means that there's a Peggy Carter chance? Um, yeah. Early days of S.H.I.E.L.D., yeah, maybe. Yeah. We could see well, Peggy. I think it's supposed to be the 90s that it's taking place. So, I thought it was the 80s or the 90s. It might be 80s yeah, I guess the and 90s. the 90s. Or maybe, you know, S.H.I.E.L.D. and Prime. Either way, Peggy would be working for S.H.I.E.L.D. at that point, right? So She'd be still she be might old, be, Yeah, I was going to say, she might be retired. 
Um, it could be. Cause you figure, I mean, you're talking, you're talking World War Two. That's the 40s. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. You're so talking, even if she's it was, it's, it's 40 years. At, yeah. She's in her. Yeah. 60s, 70s. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know an exact age of her during World War Two. I don't think so. It's just so funny that Wonder Woman Two is going to be in the 80s. Also, no. <laughs> Wonder Woman Two is in the 80s. Captain Marvel is going to be in the 80s. We just see it like we said earlier. Everything comes back around. Yeah. Packs are coming back. <laughs> <laughs> They're all going to be wearing their pagers. <laughs> yeah. Um, does anyone, Romano? I know you do. I don't know if you're caught up. Have you been caught up on Agents of Shield? Yes. Mm. Did you catch the very quick, yes, like, I nod am, to yeah. Infinity War that basically was meaningless? No. The, um, Daisy's meeting with the one guy. He mentioned, "Are you aware of what's happening with New York?" And she goes, "I don't really watch the news." And that was it. Oh yeah, okay. I know what you're talking about. I know. I, you know wow. what? When he said it, I didn't even catch it. Didn't yeah, that's that's the gist of what we've got in a connected MCU TV show. <laughs> now I don't know if they're trying they to. Characters there. I don't know if they're trying to like hide some of the surprise of like half the universe blinking out. You know, for people that have watched the show but haven't that, got to that'll, the movie. That'll be the tell is if you get into like a, a an episode at some point or maybe the next episode, whatever, and part well, of the cast there dies. Considering in the first season when Winter Soldier happened. Like, shit hit the fan the following week for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. yeah. So, this is a big event in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Whether or not these the TV show and the movies play nice together, this should be addressed more than just one line of dialogue. Yeah. So, I'm it curious to see be. if they do something later on in the season. But if that's all we get, that's pretty fucking stupid. Isn't the season almost over, though? Like, I, don't, I thought they only had like, a couple more episodes left, so... I, I got, like, f- maybe three or four. I don't know well, what the episode the, count is that they could off. knock off a few characters and bring them back for the next season. Yeah, except the only thing is, the TV, the next TV season would start up before Avengers 4 comes out, so we don't know how that's resolved. Like, Well, it could resolve at the, the end in- of the following season. Right, but I don't know if they want to, like, disappear main characters for an entire season. Well, they really didn't disappear any main characters in the movie, either. If you look at it, every one of the real, uh, original Avengers they put up are all still alive. Right, but I would argue had, a lot of the people that they've in disappeared. In the movie, though, there has to be time that passes, though. From the New York battle at the very beginning to the battle in Wakanda. There has to be a couple days or something in there that passes. Yeah, it could. And, and, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is basically running that day. Yeah. So they're they're like the twenty four, you know. Yeah, almost. Okay. Where they're, they're, I feel like they're running in like a, a a day right now, maybe a couple days at the most. But I feel like there there had to be more time that passed in, between the battle in New York and Wakanda. There has to be. All right, I'll I'll, I'll play your silly game. And then <laughs> it, whatever wherever Vision and wherever Vision and Scarlet Witch were, Scotland. like there, there had to be a couple days, something, a week, something. Yeah, was that's, it, it that's wasn't all fuzzy the same when when Thanos can just use the gauntlet to teleport across the universe. Yeah. Well, you you figured the big the big the big dude, the big um bad guy for uh, the, one of the children. He lost he lost his DMR, but then the next time you see him, he's got a robotic arm. Yeah. So he had some sort of time to go get that on. I am sure it wasn't just a plop and go. Yeah, it could be. We don't know. We don't know. I mean, it could be. But he was he was also in a freaking in the Arctic or something like that. You know. So well, again, teleportation yeah. spaceships, it's, it's fuzzy. But I'll give you a couple days. I'll, I'll give there you a couple days. Be. Yeah. Just give me one, okay? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's hard. They don't really give us the opportunity to find out what kind of time frames we're talking about. And yeah. No, because, yeah, there's so much happening and so fast. Yeah, like, they don't tell us where Titan is or how fast that ship can go to get to Titan. 
Yeah. So we have no idea how long they're on that ship. But it was definitely in a wormhole type deal, like a retali- you know, Oh, like they were going fast. Light speed. Yeah, they were going real fast. But we don't know where Titan is. Yeah. So. Because I think it leaves like the like in Guardians too when they went through the jumps, like you see mm-hmm. that like grid pattern whenever they jump through. Mm-hmm. So they could be yeah they could be jumping around a couple places. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some of those characters we haven't seen, Hawkeye, Ant Man, Wasp, we're, should we all assume they're showing up in Avengers Four? Because they weren't. Like we like, I think Bradley said we get a mention of Hawkeye, we get a mention of Scott, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I, I would think so. I, I yeah, I would expect uh, they may throw the Hawkeye was one of the ones that passed thing at you. You know what I mean? Like, see, I have a different theory for that one. But I'm, I'm just saying maybe. I think Hawkeye shows up, but he's gonna be pissed I because think, like half of his family disappeared. That's what I'm thinking. And he comes I think they're okay. finally going to give Jeremy Renner something to do, yeah. and he's probably there, retired at the farm. His wife and kids go away, and he just comes out on a war path. Yeah. See, now that would have been With an end credit era. scene. <laughs> that would have been an end credit scene to me. Is like, okay, he watches his wife and kids, or a couple of them die, something like that, and just show him like get pissed, just get yeah. like. Well, you, you know, Disney's Jeremy not going to show. Face. You know, Disney's not going to show a kid die. So it would have had to have been the mom, or but in theory, it, they would they would they could talk about the kids going. Is it the same if they just fade away? Like I could see like yeah, like this is shooting or or the kid dying, you know, some gruesome way. No, yeah, I don't visceral ever, way. I honestly or something, don't but, think they would ever show it. Nope. I don't know. Fading don't to ashes. They they showed Mufasa die. Well, that's parents. That's not kids. It's I think that's where the, I, the line I mean, is come drawn. Come on, yeah, that that that's one of the hardest scenes to watch in any movie ever. <laughs> Yeah, I'm assuming we're going to get those three in Avengers 4. Like I said, my theory is Hawkeye's going to come out on a warpath. I I feel like Ant-Man and Wasp both have to be in Avengers 4. I don't think they would make like Wasp disappear and then just have Ant-Man. I think you get both of them I, in the next I, well, one. That's what I was going to say is do we know... Like, Isn't this Ant-Man and Wasp there. taking place before Infinity War? It has to. And if it does, does the ending take place... Alongside Infinity War, I think it also has to. Yes, or and a post-credit scene. If that scene. happens, does that yeah. guarantee that both of them are coming? No, I think Hank Pym dies or fades away. It, could it be Scott? No, I, I guarantee you, Paul Rudd's in Avengers Four. Okay, I'm just saying. I think you could see one of the two of them go and have only one in the in the movie. I could see it, but I think since Ant Man is is part of this team and they're they're rallying everyone probably for Avengers Four, like it's gonna be everyone's gonna be in that fucking movie. Yeah. If he's not in this one, I think he has to be in four, which means he hasn't disappeared and he's gonna be there at the beginning. And I think to just introduce Wasp and then have her disappear, I think is counterintuitive, so I think they would keep her intact. But to motivate both of them, if Hank disappears. Yeah. Yeah. And who knows what Michelle Pfeiffer's role is still yet. Right. If they bring her into the movie, I could see her disappearing. I, th- I think she's Janet Van Dyne, to be honest uh, Yeah, me. I think she's confirmed as that, isn't it? I yeah. Think oh, is it? I don't know. Guy, yeah, she's confirmed as Janet Van Dyne. Okay, so they get her out of the... Whatever the hell that is. Quantum yeah. realm. The quantum realm, yeah. So, I mean, like... So, my, my I'm, I'm assuming, yeah, like we said, that I'm assuming Ant-Man and Wasp take place before Infinity War. So, I, I'm, I'm just wondering how, like, where the timeline, like, where it takes place between... Ant-Man and Infinity War. 
Is it like right after Ant Man? Or is it like close to Infinity War? Wait, I'm confused. You're talking about the first Ant Man or the next yeah. Ant Man? Yeah, I'm talking about Ant Man and the Wasp. Where does it take place between Ant Man and Infinity War? I think it takes place after Civil War. Mm hmm. Oh, that's right. I guess it would be after Civil War because he's already gone giant. So, yeah, it would have to be after Civil War. Because he gets, he gets out. And they mentioned okay. him cutting a deal and being under house arrest, which is what you see in the first trailer. Yeah, you're right. Okay, you're right. Scott yeah. with the ankle bracelet. So I think it, it leads probably, like Bradley was saying, I think the end of Ant-Man and Wasp is probably going to end where Infinity War is, like with everybody disappearing. Okay. I think it has to, to tie it together. Like, that's the only way yeah. you can tie that together. Yeah, it's you're right. It's really okay. hard I, for them. I wasn't thinking about I completely. I, I hate to say it, but I, I completely forgot about Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it's it, it puts them in a strange spot to be placing movies in between the events happening with this. That's why Captain Marvel's going to work because it's taking place way before. It, you know, like it, it's a complete prequel, but they have no choice but to make it as such with Ant Man. So it, their timing has to line up right here. It's very crucial that their timing works. Their timeline works because they yeah. haven't been known to screw that up very much inside the marvel universe um do we want to just to sort of go through a refresher because i was trying to remember i never tried to immediately like take a note on my phone after the movie was over so i'm trying to recall from memory who's left standing at the end of the movie mm. well we get the og avengers so captain america black widow's there cat yeah cap iron man thor hulk and we're assuming Hawkeye is still around somewhere. Yeah, we have to assume. Rocket. Yeah, Rocket's still there. Rocket's there. Okoye's there. Okoye. Um, War Machine, right? Rhodey's yeah. there. Yeah, Rhodey's there. there. Um, uh, Nebula's the only other one. Nebula. Yes. Because Groot goes, Drax goes, Mantis goes. Yeah, everybody in the Guardians except for Rocket goes. Rocket's the only Guardian... Left standing, right? Yes. Which, that should be fun, right? He's the last one. He's the one that doesn't want to around, be around people at all. And he's the one left standing. That mm -hmm. should be fun. <laughs> so they're definitely, like, whittling... Somebody mentioned it earlier. They're whittling the cast, it seems like, down to the OG Avengers. Yes. So the original six from the first Avengers movie... I, I think... Maybe we all had the first gut reaction when Tony gets stabbed in this movie that, oh, this is it. Yeah. But I, I think I, they're saving them all for the next one, and the next one is the one where you're going to have to worry about some of these people. I felt that way going into this a little bit, like the next movies where things could really happen and change the universe because it's not... They still need these characters to carry the next movie. Yeah. But when they killed him and then went back on it... I kind of felt like it was a little bit of the only reason he got stabbed there was to give the audience a shock. Like, oh, they're killing Tony. And then. Speaking of that, did anybody have any really good audience reactions? Because I think it was on my third viewing. When Tony gets stabbed, some lady in the theater lost her shit. <laughs> <laughs> just screamed, like, no, I knew it! When it started like freaking out. The one that sticks out to me is honestly when it goes from Thanos sitting there watching the sunrise to credits, somebody somewhere in the theater said, No fucking way. <laughs> and it was like, that's the reaction they're looking for from people that didn't know how this movie was gonna end going into it. 
What's that's that's a lot of the people I see bitching about, like, oh, how could they end it like that? I'm like, dumbasses, there's another one coming out in a year. Yeah, like people that don't know there's another Guardians movie or another Spider Man movie yeah. scheduled. Man, yeah. they gotta be heartbroken right now. The gas yeah, that's somebody why... behind me definitely screamed what the fuck when T'Challa disappeared. Oh yeah, like that one got a reaction for sure. Wakanda forever, not so <laughs> yeah. not so much. Um <laughs> not so forever. When Vision had his stone ripped out of his head, that's where I heard the gasps. Like okay. that was that was the one that stuck out in my mind. I tried not to cry when when Peter Parker died. Not gonna lie. I yeah, tried that was not pretty to get emotional. That was that was good. That was good. Because I mean, you could tell there was fear there. <laughs> yeah, he did a really great job, but yeah. my knowledge of how this story plays out and that he has another movie coming just crushed any emotion that really I, I could have been there for But in the, in the heat of it, when it's happening, it's like, <laughs> oh, man. I, exactly. Like, Here. I can appreciate how good a job he did. It's a, it's like, oh, he's not going to be in the next one as much as this one. Mm. But, like I said, it, the, the lack of permanence in so many of the choices they made. Mm-hmm kind of took the edge off of a lot of it. We're not but fooled, Marvel. We're not fooled. <laughs> the reactions around the audience were great. Like people actually like to me like when Thor came in with uh Stormbreaker at the end and like plunges it into his chest, I was like awesome. Like they're you know like they might actually give them a way out here and we might get some crazy red skull storyline for the next one went through my head for about a tenth of a second and then i was like no that's stupid he's gonna snap his fingers <laughs> in a second here but at the same time how good a job did they do with thanos going through the pain after that happens oh yeah like that was incredible to see this you know immensely powerful being brought to his knees by one strike from the sort or stormbreaker and still just able to, oh, oh well, we still lost. Yeah. Um, and, it, like, I heard people in the theater at that point whispering around me, like, why didn't he go for the gauntlet to cut it off? And I'm <laughs> that's, like, that's what Jess kept saying. She threw the axe from fucking hundreds of yards away. <laughs> that's, what Jess said, that's what Jess said to me. She goes, you know, this we could have had just maybe a long time ago if they would have just cut his fucking arm off. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... I was like, well, then we wouldn't be making the money that we're making. Yeah, sounds like one of the friends that I went to see it with. By the end of it, he's like, so all these people come back in the next one, right? I'm like, I'm assuming so. He's like, so why should I care about this one? Oh. Yeah, exactly. Like, where are the the stakes is basically what he's asking. Because if it's all going to get undone, what is there to care about in this one? Right, and that's why I didn't like the choices they made on who they had disappear. Make one or two that could actually be permanent. You know what I mean? Like, having Star-Lord disappear? No, Star-Lord's gonna be carrying this group into Phase 4. We know this. Well, again, that's different for us that follow this stuff and know that there's Phase 5 and stuff planned already. But for the people that just go to the movie to see a movie, they have no fucking idea what's coming next. I I, I, I get that part, but I'm saying they know that that there's a lot of us out there, too. They could have thrown something in there like that for us. But still, the vast majority is—I'm going to say probably 75% of the people seeing those movies have no fucking clue. Yeah, I'd say it's I'm more than that. It probably is. I'm being conservative with that one. Yeah, I, I honestly, I think a very large majority of them are thinking some of those people may not be back. 
Yeah. But I think the inclusion of Spider-Man and Black Panther kind of puts that off. The Guardians, maybe. But after... But even Black Panther, it's just Spider-Man. Like, you know they're not going to kill Spider-Man. Permanently. Well, again, because we know he gets the first movie after Avengers 4. Well, we know that, but I also think that just as, like, a a reasonably thinking person, they're not going to kill off their Spider-Man. Aunt May would lose her shit. (laughs) Exactly. Which is still something I think we talked about in the prep episode that I'm a little bit disappointed we didn't see. Aunt May. Is the aftermath of what Aunt May thinks about all this. I, I think that's, like you said, they're saving that for two. Probably, but now you're led to believe that she's not, like, making... Peter not be Spider-Man, which is sort of you assume to be her reaction. Yeah, I wonder, well, that's that's another question there. I wonder where, where Spider-Man 2 is going to take place. You, you think, think it'll, it'll take place the aftermath after? of... Or do you think it'll be like somewhere in between Homecoming and Infinity War? Uh, I mean, you're talking about two years removed, so I right. don't know. I'd have to because, say wait, it might depend what we got kind 19, of... Is it Spider-Man's tw- 2000, right? 2020? Tw- 2019. It's next year. Oh, is it 2019? So it's Isn't the same it, year as it's, it's the, f- the same year as Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like two f- months after. Yeah, it's like. So it could it could be before Infinity War. I'm gonna say it's probably gonna be right in the aftermath of whatever happens in four. Yeah, Avengers four. Yeah, I'm thinking whatever villain they choose for it rises from the ashes of what happened in some way. Oh, I I think I know where we're going. Which is? Oh, I think we're gonna get a new Harry Osborn. I think we're gonna get a new new because remember they sold Avengers Tower. They told a sold Tark, Stark Tower. Who the hell do you think it went to? My my bets is either it went to the Fantastic Four or it went to Oscorp. That's my Ooh, bets. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to wait a couple years for that payoff. One or not? Yeah, next year. Yeah, sorry. year and a half. Year and a half. <sighs> yeah, and see, I we're gonna be wait. so in in the hype for Avengers Four. That Spider-Man: Homecoming two is going to get lost in the shuffle, and we're not even going to remember about it until we're after Avengers four, and then we'll be like, "Oh shit, we got another movie in two months." Yeah, yeah. I was going to say you're going to see the end of Avengers four's run probably end after Homecoming comes out. If it's two months, yeah. it'll probably still be in theaters after Homecoming releases. When? Yeah, because what we got say... next year? We got Captain Marvel, Avengers, and Spider-Man. Spider-Man. When right. does Captain Marvel yeah. come out? Hmm. When does what? Captain Marvel? Come out. That's, I think that's March. in March, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, March. And then they, Avengers is yeah. May 3rd. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then I, th- I think Homecoming 2 is sometime in July. Yeah. Seems to fit, because that's where the last one came out. Yeah, and then they're going to leave us with that big giant gap again before the following year's movies. Well, they haven't announced anything after Avengers, or after well, they, Spider-Man They haven't 2, announced right? specific dates. The only movie they promised was Guardians 3. They have said yeah. there is a Guardians 3 in 2020, but they have okay. not said which date it's getting. So I would okay. assume 2020 is going to look like Guardians 3, Black Panther 2, and blank. Doctor Strange 2. Yes, please. It's a good bet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or um, a Corgan Meek. Give me a Corgan Meek. <laughs> Just their own hey, movie. Man. Hey, man, I got my own movie, man. <laughs> If you like if you like that kind of stuff, you should watch what we do in the shadows. You'll love it. Romano, we gotta get you and Josh on at the same time. You guys can do your Korg impressions together. 
My Korg impression is not good. I just like saying, hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm a pile of rocks over here. Hey, man. I'm, you know, not a pile of rocks. I'm a being. An actual thing. <laughs> That's not bad. That is pretty good, yeah. Um, now I want to watch Thor Ragnarok. Again. <laughs> <laughs> I know what we're doing this weekend. So I want to loop back around to Thanos. Is he the best villain, in your opinion, in the MCU? I'm sorry, Paula. Yes. I was gonna say, are we? <laughs> is Loki really a villain anymore? Do you? I mean, do you prefer what they did with Loki? Do you like that redemptive arc for him, or would you prefer him to just be a baddie? Um, I really did enjoy him as a as a badass, but I would take I would take badass Loki and redeemed Loki, um, maybe as two separate characters. <laughs> um, yeah, he would. I I think because we saw more of what Thanos was thinking and more of his story, his backstory, especially talking, you know, when he was with little, when he was talking with little Gamora, I think that just makes him unfortunately likable. I don't know. (laughs) So I do. I agree. I think he is the best. Yeah. I do too. Surprised he beat Loki for you. I am, I am a little shocked. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I do got to say, it, like, Loki, to me, is is not necessarily hero, anti-hero, or villain. He is just... Perfect. <laughs> okay. You're, you're, he's an opportunist. You're welcome. Yes. He, well, he's the god of mischief, and he is yeah. being the god of mischief. It's what he's doing. He is right. being what he is deemed to be. So I don't necessarily look at him as a villain. So when I say that this Thanos is a one is a two legged man versus a bunch of one legged men in ass kicking contest, I, I don't think that's unjustified. Um, a lot of the villains that we've seen so far have been kind of lackluster. Other than Loki, is there any other villain that you would even think to throw into that mix with Thanos where you'd say, yeah, Vulture. this? Would you say Vulture? Really? Yeah, I, I, I on that I, level, I, I like I. I thought he was a great character. It made you, you he you empathized with the character. You saw what he was doing. He was doing it for his family, and I, I that just because you most of, most of the like we've said it before, like most of the villains that they pop up in these movies are for the most part pretty forgettable because they're just here. Oh, I'm gonna wreak some havoc and then I'm gone at the end. Like Ronan, I mean, as great as Guardians of the Galaxy was. The, the Ronan the villain for the most part sucked. Oh, they they let I, I Ronan mean, be <clears throat> like comic in some ways. They made yeah. him sound and act like a bit of a badass, but at the same time, they beat him with a dance off. <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, but then like look at okay, so Killmonger or not Killmonger? Killmonger was Killmonger's, good. I like that. Uh, like I think Vulture, Killmonger, Red Skull. I think they're good. But I don't think you're on that same level with what Tom Hiddleston and Josh Brolin did. I mean, I, I yeah, it, like I think that's just like another step. Well, I think Tom Hiddleston. The, the only reason why Loki's in there because he was in such a factor in so many movies, and it was all, and that was because he was basically doing the bidding of Thanos in all so many movies. So I think that's what makes that's why it puts him a little higher. I just think like, it's Tom Hiddleston's performance. More than more well, than performance his, the aside, writing, I'm just saying. 
I, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. More than the writing, I think it's Tom Hiddleston's performance that. Yeah, yeah. I won't say that he didn't do a good job. I, I thought he was awesome. I that's, I that's why I just like Michael Keaton too. I thought he was a great character. I forgot yeah, that Michael, he was technically like Michael Keaton's character was, you know, a villain. Like I forgot thinking about yeah. like so many of like the, uh, you know, the space villains. You really don't think about about that vulture. Yeah, I mean, because think of some of the other villains, you know, Ego. Whiplash. Yeah, well, Whiplash was terrible. Yeah, Whiplash was bad, but Justin Hammer was fantastic. Nah, I, I see. I, I, I hated all of of Iron Man three. I really just didn't care that for Iron two. Man three that much at all. That was, that was two. two. I'm no. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of um, what the hell's his face? Killian. Um, yeah, that guy. Oh, uh, see, yeah, I, I, I didn't care that much about Killian in the whole aim thing, but. And the fact that they fucking ruined the Mandarin. <laughs> well, they didn't, though. We're still going to get a payoff on that someday. Because they oh, go into that whole thing with him getting all the plastic surgery and stuff to look a certain way. That's got to be for a reason. That they got into that. Did anyone... There is a one-shot that teases that a little bit. Did anybody mm-hmm. watch that from, I think, I Iron Man yeah. 3? That's, the, that's the what I'm... In the prison. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about, I think. Yeah. So, I... Like, when they're talking about that, I still think he didn't ruin the Mandarin. I think we're going to get the real Mandarin at some point. If we get Iron Man 4, maybe. But I don't know if we're going to get Iron Man 4. Even oh, if yeah, it's I, Riri I think, Williams, it's, it's too... still Iron Man 4. I still think, yeah, I think it might be a little too late for the Mandarin. Either way, I love Ben Kingsley in that movie. Trevor, oh, yeah. Trevor Slattery is one of my favorite characters in all of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> so... I, I think there's been a lot of very good performances, but on level of great, I think it's down to Loki and Thanos. Well, I th- yeah, Thanos and Loki are like it's like one A one B, and then like I, I still think Vulture I think is like a like a close second. Okay, let's put it that way. I won't dispute that. Yeah, because the rest of me really, Bradley, if you I think about it, the rest of the villains are just meh, for the most part forgettable. Yeah, I think Bradley, I'm with you. I think Loki and Thanos are are the top two. I think I think it is hard to touch those mainly because I think Romano was saying Loki's been the he's had the most screen time for a villain. Oh, they've actually built him up and gave him an arc over so many movies, so that helps. Yeah, relate to that character and and keep that character in mind. For getting one movie as a villain, I think Thanos and Josh Brolin did really really well in this one. So oh, yeah, I I I do think I like him better as a villain than Loki because. Like you guys were saying, I think Loki just kind of plays the middle ground and whatever works for him, and so maybe whatever he's less suits of him sh- best at the time, right? Yeah. So maybe he's less of like a straight up villain, especially because of the arc that he goes on over the course of all these movies. But Thanos, right now, villain wise, I think is is top tier for me. Um, I'm getting low on my notes. Anything else you guys want to touch on? Um, what happened? What happened to Bucky? Did he disappear? Did he disappear? Yeah, he did disappear. Yeah. Yes, he was the first one I think to disappear. Okay. I had it written down, that, but that I didn't was, remember. That was among my prophetic predictions of everybody having to watch their close ones die off one by one. So you see that happen for Cap watching Bucky, then it cuts to Rocket watching Groot, cuts to Okoye and Black Panther. It they did pretty much exactly what I thought they were going to yeah. do with that. Tony and Tony and Spider Man. Yeah. I think that's going to be a a big, I think that's going to weigh heavy on Tony. I have a feeling that that's going to be a major thing in the next one. I really do. Oh, he's like a father figure, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, even if you remember back to homecoming, you said it's like my response. You're my responsibility. Right. You know, and I. What, what what happens if we get the Uncle Ben moment, but with Tony at some point down the line? Oh man, I'd cry. I probably would cry. Uh, <laughs> but do we need that though? Because like, no, we don't. Uncle but Ben I'm is just already established as being dead in this universe, yeah, so it's that, not like he needs another one of those. I'm just dangling a carrot in front of Mike just for the hell. of It would there. reflect just... more of like the Gwen Stacy moment than than Uncle Ben. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think one thing, or well, two things that come to mind for me. Um, one was how awesome was it they finally gave Tony the invisible suit? They found a way to put it into a movie. Um, it's not the same as it is in the comics, but it's still cool that he has the invisible suit that's nanotech. Yeah. Um, that was awesome. The way that suit worked in the Thanos yeah, that was pretty battle sweet. was awesome. All the shit that it did, yeah, that was It's able cool. to just move all over his body. Yeah, that was amazing. Did you catch that, like, it, right it was before he was stabbed? Yeah, it seemed like he was running out of the nanites. Yeah, they he were... Was like, Bringing them from his leg up to armor up his arm and his face. It reminded and stuff me like of that. Big Hero Six. I'm not gonna lie. It reminded me of Big <laughs> oh, Hero Six. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that was. It was like Thanos was just destroying more and more of the suit. And right, and it couldn't produce enough to keep up. Yep. That that was, and he actually uses the blade that Tony makes to kill. Right. Well, not to kill yeah. Tony, but to stab Tony. Um. One of the other things I, I'd like to. Well, two two things about Groot that I would like to note. Um, other than Scarlet Witch, Groot is the only one that like actually manages to put a dent in Thanos when he has the full gauntlet. Um, if you notice, like Groot sends the roots at him, and he actually manages to trap him for a second, and Thanos has to rid himself of the roots. Um, I thought that was pretty cool to give Groot some credit there. You know, a little teenage Groot running around actually able to trap Thanos for half a second. Yeah. Um, pretty much everybody else is like tossed aside like they're nothing. Um, which, okay, whatever, that's what should happen. Um, the other thing with Groot is he has some of the funniest moments in the movie that can't go unmentioned. Um, the, the, the I am Steve Rogers thing, <laughs> that just, that had me dying laughing in the theater because it was just like, yeah, I am Steve Rogers, and he doesn't get it. Like he has no idea that that's Groot, and like what Groot said, and he's just—it's so very Steve Rogers not getting the reference, and Groot being Groot at the same time that and answering so it. politely too. He answered so politely. Yeah, and Groot playing the video game throughout the entire movie. And it's the, all the old, like, like, classic, like, just old school video games that I played well, when it, I was a child. At the beginning, <laughs> I know it was Defender. I didn't notice what else yeah. he was playing. I just... Uh, I, I think it was the same thing through the whole, whole Yeah, movie. I, I thought it was... I thought it was uh, yeah, I thought it was Defender through the whole thing, but... With, like, just the inflection of the, I am Groot. And they, oh, I'm they, thinking they of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 when they have the, the, the football game. Oh, That's yeah, That's what I was yeah. thinking of. <laughs> But, but the reaction when he says that and everybody blows up like, oh, that's disgusting. Don't talk like that. It's just like, <laughs> that's fucking great for Groot. Um, And that Groot is able to make a handle for Stormbreaker. That was amazing. I think Groot... Yeah, that yeah. was really cool. I think Groot is the most underrated hero in all of this movie. <laughs> because, like I said, he's able to stop Thanos. He has some of the funniest moments. He destroys it on the battlefield for a while. You see, when they show up, and he makes the handle for Stormbreaker, 
I, I'd say that's a pretty impressive showing for Groot that not a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, you don't have that. About. Basically, Thor was dead for the most part. You know, Thor mm-hmm. was probably on his way out. Yeah, we never really talked about it. He took a fucking star to the back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> we never talked about Peter Dinklage being a dwarf made into a giant dwarf. <laughs> a giant dwarf, yeah. Um, a giant dwarf, yeah. <laughs> that that drew honestly. That drew some of the biggest reactions in the theater when people were seeing that somebody who's a dwarf in real life was made into a giant in a the giant. movie. <laughs> um, I feel like it's kind of insensitive, but I feel like he wouldn't have taken it on if he didn't know it was funny. Yeah. Uh, so, I I thought that was cool as shit. Like, all the speculation of who he might be had a pretty good payoff. Um yeah, I, I can't think of anything else off the top of my head, though. Justin and I were both disappointed that when, when Thor finally did get Stormbreaker and he gets to Wakanda and just starts fucking the shit out of, up out of everything, like we were, we wanted the theme, like the, 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 the Led Zeppelin song from Thor Ragnarok oh. to play. I was like, it would have been perfect if they would have just transferred that right in there to be like, <laughs> too much money. Too much money. I, I was yeah, that was say, that was the bar. No, because you, you know, only four hundred million. Just, you know <laughs> that extra that extra fifty thousand to use it. <laughs> or even broke the bank. Badass Zeppelin song. They spent it all in the lines of Thanos' face. All the money. Yeah, his ball sack. Yeah, his ball his sack. Ball sack. <laughs> Chin sack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one oh, thing shit. I actually didn't write down that I'm thinking about it now. Do we think Vision's completely dead, or do you think he's going to come back? I think. Uh, Re, uh, I think what's her face is gonna bring Shuri? him back. Sure. Sure. Yeah, that's it. She's pretty amazing. I think she yeah. had it figured out before. <clears throat> what's his face got there, yeah. and she grabbed something when she got out of there, right? I thought I saw her grab something like a file or like a, like a, a drive, like a pen drive or something. I don't know if she did. I missed it. Yeah, I, I, I feel like the, I feel like she did. How the hell did I catch that? And we only watched it once, and I know, well, I know I she things. like she swipes away the menu with whatever she's working on, and then picks up that gauntlet that fires stuff at the at the guy that's in there, and then that's what I all I remember before she gets thrown off the off the platform. I, I see. Maybe that's maybe that's why I thought she grabbed something on top of that. I I still think she'll be able to put them back together. Um, like I think he, I think Vision can come back with with, with Shuri. Um. I think they did enough, enough to establish that there's got to be something else in him besides just the stone. Yeah, well, they he did. Can, he can survive without the stone. They, I mean, they did. They, I mean, they basically said that you know that there was a chance that he could. Right. So I yeah. feel like all you need to do is give him a power source. So if they give him like a little mini arc reactor in his forehead, right, he'd be fine. So when Tony <laughs> just dies, his big giant hole. <laughs> I mean, miniaturized, like a miniature, mini- I mean, miniaturized. And, and who's to say reactor. when they beat Thanos, they don't just take the stone back mm-hmm. out and give it to him? Well, yeah, that could happen too. He probably wouldn't want but, that because he wanted to destroy them. With Wanda, he said you have to destroy it, so he would probably be very upset if they put it back in him. Yeah, and I, speaking of Wanda, I think that was she was the most significant person to be dispersed of when he she snapped was his fingers. Amazing. Um, well, I I, I think. Because she was the one that actually could stop him right. physically. She could pose a threat to Thanos even when he had the whole gauntlet. He had to struggle to get through her. Well, I think they've established in this movie Thor is on another power level than like everyone else. I think yeah. this is the strongest we've seen him in any other movie. And with yeah, two I, eyes. 
Yes. Right, yeah. They, they, that's another thing they completely retconned from Ragnarok, was that he goes through this whole character arc of being like his father and losing an eye, and like, nope, let's just give him another eye. I think too. that was like a fun joke for Rat- Rocket to make. I mean, if he's going to get an eye, yeah. I'd rather it come from Rocket. Oh, like, absolutely. I, I'm, I'm going to buy that, but like, still, it, from like a thematic standpoint, I feel like they're just really fucking with whatever happened in Ragnarok. And every time I think of things, I still think of like that could be my favorite moment in the movie is when Rocket just looks at Bucky. Like, I just like, pulled that out of my head and cut it on. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. When he says that, <laughs> I was thinking when he says the when he looks at Bucky and he's like, "Oh, how much for the gun? <laughs> Not for sale. How much for the arm?" And he just looks at him weird and he's like, "I'm gonna get that arm." <laughs> it's like that. That's just so great. Like that is the exact thing Rocket would look at with Bucky. Like he just. Rocket would just be drawn to Bucky for the arm, and it's it's perfect. Not to mention the moment right before that when Bucky picks up Rocket and spins oh. around. Oh, that was both great. Weapons. That was great. That, that kind of was like reminiscent of almost of like Guardians One when he was up on Groot's back and Groot yeah. using the shield, and he was yeah. just firing a gun. That was that was really cool. Yeah, just screaming and shooting. That's what I love about <laughs> Rocket. Rocket's just ah, he just goes full <laughs> like crazy asshole shooting everywhere. And oh, I'm looking forward to him in the next movie. I like it's going to be great. Uh, anything else you guys want to touch on? Anything? Anything we missed? Paula, did you make notes? Should we be going through your no, notes? No, we talked about everything. I just I wrote down everything that I thought was funny, and we talked about all of that. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything. I the only thing I wrote down was like it. It definitely had like a. Empire Strikes Back kind of feel to it. It wasn't, it's not finished, it's not done. And I think that's why, right. you know, you always walk out of those types of the second, you know, movie and like, it's not finished and I have to wait a year. And I think that's what that, that I, 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 speaking of that, and I like I was actually just starting to compare it to like um, Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, that Marvel Studio, Marvel Studios and Disney, like, well, and Star Wars, they need to talk a little bit more in, in Disneyland because. Marvel put in the jokes to a point, but it was still serious, still a little dark, whereas I felt like Last Jedi was just all about merchandising and just a sheer letdown to me. I don't know. Maybe it was just me. It was you. I think it uh, was see, just you. I, think I, I seriously, I, I, this one. I, I, I don't know. I, I seriously, I, could, I, I can't get into it. Last Jedi. I may have to watch it again. I don't know. I bought the DVD times, and I still haven't watched it yet. How many times have you watched it? Once. I think it definitely at least deserves one more viewing before you make I've a final I've been wanting to. Jess just doesn't want to watch it, so I have to find time when she's not when she's asleep. Or you let me know. Go. You come over to my place. We'll watch it. I, I, I That's why I keep saying. I was like, maybe I need to watch it again. I, but, I continually I said I think it took me two times before I was okay with it. So I don't know if I can still be. I thing. was on board right away. Um. All right, so I'm gonna try to go through Josh's notes and see what we hit and haven't hit. All right. Um. All right. At the beginning, when Loki is conjuring a knife to go after Thanos, Josh is wondering why he didn't use any kind of other misdirection or illusion. Maybe he did. Can you elaborate? I don't. I don't know. Maybe he. Maybe it was another. I don't know. He's dead. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll see that in the deleted scenes. <laughs> Alternate cuts of how Loki could yeah. die. No, that's too much dialogue. 
<laughs> I, I honestly think because if he uses a different illusion there to make himself appear in front of Thanos and stab him in the back when he's not looking, I think that perhaps that makes killing Thanos too easy. And I don't think that Thanos would be tricked because he knows Loki. Right, he's familiar it's not like with they've him. never met. Mm-hmm. But if he does manage just to trick him and end the movie right there, then what's the point of the movie? That would be a fun thing, though. Like, if Loki tries to create copies of himself and then somehow gets behind Thanos and Thanos just kind of laughs it off, turns around, and then still grabs him by the throat. Can we move on to the him. next topic? <laughs> <laughs> Can we move on to, like, how they better could have captured the crunch? Um, <laughs> I like to thank the sound man for those crunches. Maybe that there wasn't enough blood coming from his eyes when he was on the ground. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, Josh's stuff, he's saying, smart move to begin with the power stone, provides extra weapon while pursuing the rest. Space stone is the next logical one. Great tool to have. Other four stones he didn't think were really utilized tactically. Reality I'd stone I'd... just for a quick minute to get away from nowhere. Well, the reality stone, I guess, he he hit his intentions to try to get a, a, a reaction from Gamora right. on nowhere. Yeah. So I don't know if it was used tactically, but there was a there was a reason there for that. Yeah. Um, he was wondering about the soul stone's abilities. I think we sort of touched on that earlier. Yeah. And we don't really it's, know. Yeah, it's not made clear what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to have the Soul Stone capable of. Um, he was asking about Time Stone. Doctor Strange trying to use that at a critical moment to like reverse time, sort of the same way he fought Dormammu. But I think we touched on that, too, is that this is, this is part of that scenario that has to happen the way it has to happen. Right. Yeah, I think at that point, because of the other stones that Thanos has, that he couldn't get trapped that way. Yeah. It's one thing I noticed on numerous viewings, is that he he clenches the gauntlet when he's trying to use the stones, and the stones light up according to what he's using at the time. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, th- I think something off of that is also to say, you know... What does happen to the gauntlet when it looks like it's burning and melting away? Yeah, it gets toasted at the end. Yeah, when it, when all that power comes at once, that gauntlet seems like it's pretty much shot. And see, at first reaction, you're like, oh, the gauntlet's toast, it's not going to work. And then he teleports right out of there after that, so obviously the stones still work. Yeah. It still works. Just how much of a toll did it actually take on him to do it? On him or the gauntlet? Both. He looked like he was staggered a, a good bit when he goes to sit down. Like, he's he's not okay. He's not 100% after he's done that. He's probably exhausted. Takes a lot out of you to extinguish half the life in the universe. But that's what he said he, he wanted to do. He just wanted to snap his fingers and relax. Have a margarita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what he said. Well, the fun part is, too, the, the way the comic ends, he ends at that same type of little shack. Mm-hmm. The difference in the comics is he's there after he fails. Yeah, it's all over at that point. So that was a fun little callback to the to the book, too. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that. Um, Josh is joining the... Uh, putting the failure of the mission, he's saying, is the fault of Loki, Gamora, Wanda, and Peter. All people who are solely focused on saving one person. 
and how that made them individually feel rather than literally countless lives in the rest of the universe. Especially Wanda. Well, he's saying Wanda eventually concedes, but she does it way, way, way too late. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, she should have just listened to to Vision, but then you won't have a second movie. So I don't know <laughs> that Loki is only trying to save Thor. Yeah, that could be argued. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Loki knows how dangerous Thanos is altogether. But um, I mean, the relationship they build up in Ragnarok and stuff like that—you're led to believe oh. that he is coming around to Thor, and yes, he's he's doing it. He calls himself Odin's son in that moment. Yeah, exactly. And that's not to say I'm I'm trying to help Thor out. I don't know. I, well, I think he's trying to help Thor, but I also think he knows what happens if he like doesn't try to do what he's gonna do like he knows what thanos is capable of he knows what thanos is after why thanos wants to do it all that and i think he's trying to just stop thanos i think loki has too much knowledge of it at that point okay i don't think gamora would would uh i don't think she was thinking about the fact that she had to save nebula I mean, she was trying to save Nebula, but I don't think that she thought that Thanos could get the Soul Stone because she believed that he didn't love anything. So she really. Well, I don't even think she, she knew at that she point didn't what know was at that required. Point. She just knew what planet it was on. She didn't know how to get it. Yeah. Hmm. She had never been to that point, I don't think. I just wonder how much she did know because she knew where it was, but she never. We don't get that much information. Yeah, the only thing we get is she is the recording from Nebula saying she had the map to where the Soul Stone was, but then burned the map. Mm. Yeah. So I think all that did was lead them to the planet that was on, not where exactly it was on that planet or how to get it. So even just with that in mind for her, I think basically that would be her sacrificing or like saving Nebula. And then leading again, leading Thanos to the Soul Stone and, and starting that chain of events. So, so she really was doing it to save Nebula. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what else does he say? He was glad the Soul Stone was something new, but was disappointed in the overall execution. He wanted something a little bit more layered and bigger. Which, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we talked about, like, if... if if I'm thinking the way I was thinking before, and that that whole little end scene is inside the Soul Stone, that has to put some layers and and make that a little bit more important. I'd say the only thing about the Soul Stone that really surprised me was that it didn't go into the big slot on the gauntlet. Mm. Oh, right. Um, because I mean that's typically where it goes. If I'm not mistaken, in the comics, the Soul Stone is in that spot, <coughs> not okay. the Mind Stone. And I was kind of surprised they went that route. It was also surprising seeing the Mind Stone come out of Vision a lot bigger than it seemingly went in. Yeah. As though it was growing inside his mind. It was just hidden, that's all. <laughs> well, but we see it before it gets put on his head. Well, maybe it did grow. Maybe Vision's in there, too. Maybe Vision's in there, too. I mean, we're forgetting, You got Vision and Gamora in there, then. The fucking Reality Stone used to be a liquid of some kind and it's never explained how or why it turns into a stone (laughs) that's true so i'm led to believe the stones can take whatever shape they really want to if it knows it needs to go in that one bigger spot in the gauntlet then the size just expands to fill the well when i mean when they when you see him actually pull it out of his head if you look it's bigger like as it's coming out of his head it's bigger 
It okay. makes a bigger hole in Vision's head than what the stone was. Well, I just thought that was his hands. His, Thanos has fat fingers. Trying to... Yeah, he's got sausage fingers, man. He just get up <laughs> in there. All right, yeah. I'll, I'll go even further. When they're scanning his head, it shows more. It shows bits of the stone underneath his skin. It shows oh, the stone on top. Oh, embedded in his head. Okay. Yeah, it's embedded in It's the tip of there. the iceberg. Yeah, when you see the, like, the, the x-ray thing that Shuri's putting on him, you can see there's more underneath. So that's why he had to dig into his head as deep as he did to get and it rip out. it out. Yes. yes. Gasp. So, th- so th- it was growing inside him though, because like I said, we know what it was when they attached it to him in the first place. Yeah. What about I mean, I my guess... theory I just came up with? Though? What was? if we think Vision is somehow in the Soul Stone? Also, like Gamora and Vision could be in the Soul Stone. I, how would Vision? I doubt there? that they would do that. Well, because it was attached to Vision. Vision became part of it. It became part of Vision. You mean Vision's in the Mind Stone and Gamora's? In that's the what soul I meant. Stone. Yeah, in the mind. Yeah, yeah. They're in separate yeah. stones, but they're in. Separate. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. My, my, <laughs> my just imploded on itself. <laughs> well, that no, that might not be a bad idea because if we're under the assumption that Gamora is in the Soul Stone and can somehow have the Soul Stone fight back against Thanos, there's no saying if, with your theory, if Vision is in the Mind Stone. Who's to say Vision doesn't influence the Mind Stone to fight and back against Maybe Doctor Strange and Fiz- it, you know, yeah, influences the Time Stone. Yeah, like maybe We're different just going people down have a rabbit hole now. Maybe Nova's yeah, in, having... the, in the Power Stone. But wouldn't they have done something before he snapped his fingers? Maybe they don't know that they can. Yeah, yeah, because Peter could be in the Power Stone. Because he held it. Right, well, that was the Power Stone, right? Oh, Star-Lord, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, but, yeah, but, but with Gamora and Vision die outside of him snapping his fingers. I think those people... Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know. I, well, we went way down a rabbit hole. Now. <laughs> that's that's like far-fetched beyond belief, I think. So That's what we do here. Yeah, I, I think Gamora being in the Soul Stone is realistic. I think the rest... Vision being in the Mind Stone, I'd put it maybe a 10% chance on that happening. Oh, how bad would it suck if all the people that he did that to end up in the Soul Stone? That's in the a soul possibility world. too. That they could fight him from the one. They could fight him on two fronts. Uh oh, shit work. just got real. That, yeah, that's <laughs> you know what? That's actually a really good idea. Because that right, one, well, I'm, I'm gonna just sign off now. I'm, <laughs> I'm done. They, they find a, you know little Gamora, and two, it gives them a way to have those people in the movie the whole time. Yeah. I, I like the idea. Oh, man. Glad I, I got some glad points I... there, Romano. <laughs> Bonus. Bonus. Uh, Josh is acknowledging that Red Skull was cool. He's asking where he would have went after. Is his mission to guard the Soul Stone over? Could he be somewhere mm-hmm. else now? Or does he think he's still confined to that planet? Do you think he's free That's now? That's the million dollar question. He's got to be free. He's got to be free. I mean, if we're assuming think... he's going to come into play somewhere later down the line, he's got to be put back to maybe where they lost, where he disappeared in the first place? Hogwarts. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know if he goes back in time, but maybe he... I guess I wasn't thinking back in time. I was thinking, well, I guess he'd be over the, what, one of the oceans, because he was in the plane, so that doesn't yeah. make sense either. Just drop him in the ocean. Yeah, I, I, I think he would just travel on his own. I don't think it would move him somewhere for him, because... So he's just free to leave that planet then. Yeah. Yeah. You figure there's got to be spaceships laying around because I'm sure people have already gone to that planet and tried to get it. And isn't there a race? There's already a race on that planet, isn't there? 
If there is, we never see them. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. So I guess that that argument can be made. Yeah. Yeah. That there's got to be some something there that he can get I, off. The I planet. look. I look That'd be my forward thought, to it. the continuation of their. You know, Red Skull's still in this universe, but when's he going to turn up? Game. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I would say about it because we don't know when or where, but he's turning uh, up again you know, somewhere. I always said that from from the Captain America. I always said that he wasn't dead; he was somewhere. Yeah, I think you, Josh, has told me that too a lot. Because when he when he held when he held the that. Tesseract, it did it opened up like the portal. That's what it did. It didn't just vaporize him. Right. Yeah. At the time when you saw it at first, you thought it vaporized him, and that's what uh, yeah. The more and more you they watched didn't know it, what yeah. the Tesseract did. Yeah. Because at that time, we still hadn't seen Avengers. We still hadn't seen any of this stuff yeah. with the Tesseract opening portals. Yeah. And speaking of super soldiers, how cool was the race between Black Panther and Captain America? <laughs> when they're running into battle, that was just cool. Watching the two of them be so much faster than everybody else. That was cool. In Josh's notes, watching Black Panther and Cap race into battle ahead of everyone else with such speed and intensity was awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh... Josh is saying there better be a big payoff for Bruce not being the Hulk. Maybe the Hulk will admit that he's finally scared of something, Thanos. Otherwise, it's awkward story choices. So I guess we we touched on that, too. I think we're thinking that, yeah, Hulk is scared shitless. Yeah. And maybe we get the old, the angrier the Hulk gets, the stronger and bigger the Hulk gets version of the Hulk in the next one. That'd be so awesome. That really wasn't my first thought, though. My first thought was, is the Hulk trying to protect Bruce? Because in Thor Ragnarok, you know, Bruce, or... Um, the Hulk was say- saying if he's the Hulk too much he could stay that way right so my first thought was I, maybe I, he's uh, protecting him no I, I my first thought was he just got the shit kicked out of him by his <laughs> big brother and he don't want to come back out to play anymore or that well, you, think it, you think of where Hulk just came from which is that where he was on what's the car yeah. kicking everyone's ass that challenged him he was beating everybody and then the minute he's off that planet, he comes back to Thor, hangs out on that ship, and gets his ass handed to him by Thanos, which is a complete opposite of what's been happening to him over the last two years. Yeah. And even, like, anybody he fought in previous movies, like, he beat the crap out of Ultron, he beat the crap out of Loki. Yeah, it was pretty much Thor was the only one that gave him the chance. Yeah. Right. There's been no one that really has challenged him like that before, or that beat him so quickly and handily. Yeah, like... Yeah. And- it was like four punches, done, game over. Body slam. <laughs> yeah. Like, when he punched him in the face, and you could see it was like, and he was, that right then and there, it was, oh, it was done. They, they did a really great job on that, too, I must yeah. say. Because you could see like that Hulk gets punched in the face, and you can see that dazed, seeing you know, little birds flying around his head mm-hmm. moment for the Hulk after getting punched by Thanos that you never get to see any other time. And he basically just gets dropped. And I do yeah. want to point out, that's a well-directed fight scene that's, like, wide shot. You're seeing everything that's happening. There's no shaky cam. There's no quick cuts. That that was probably one of my favorite directed fight scenes, because the other ones sprinkle in the quick cuts and shaky cam and stuff, which is a pet peeve of mine, but... It didn't yeah. stand out to me as much as some of the other ones, but... Yeah, and I hate you for that, because now I, I see it all the time. Did it, you it, notice it in this one? A little bit, but not much. I think I was still... I think just because there was just so much going on that, like, I was having, like... I was almost like... I don't want to say, like, sensory overload, but you kind of were, like, sensory overload because you were like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think those those camera tricks stick out to me more in Winter Soldier, I think. 
out yeah. of all the Russo brothers movies. I think that's the one that that is most obvious to me. Uh, but yeah, even even still, even the little bit that they played in this movie, it didn't bother me as much. Yeah. And I still really really liked all the fight scenes. I thought they were really really well done. I like yeah, the, the. Oh God. All right, go ahead. I was just the one with go. um when Doctor Strange and was popping his magical circles and Peter Parker and um, Star Lord were like oh, yeah, popping like in jumping and out room and stuff. Yeah, yeah. saw a middle finger magical, there. Yeah. Magical, yeah. magical, magic. magic with a kick. Magic. <laughs> yeah, there was a middle finger. Did you see it? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When he oh oh when Star-Lord. puts the bomb on his back yeah. and then yeah. Falls Boom. backwards. That was great. <laughs> I, I felt like that was just, uh, it was a very Star Lord thing to do to not be taking how serious that fight was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and I, I also think, you know, now we know why Mantis was there in the second Guardians. Because they needed this moment, this scene, somebody that could subdue Thanos in some way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And giving her the ability to subdue Ego was enough precedence to allow her to subdue Thanos. Um, because let's face it, Star-Lord, once again, could have saved us all just by <laughs> dealing with Ego and taking those powers instead of giving them up. And, you know, the powers he could have had with Ego, he could have stopped Thanos. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to try to hit a couple more things off Josh's list. Um, Josh's favorite shot of the movie is the look on Cap's face when he's trying to hold back Thanos' hand. Mm-hmm. That was one that was in a preview that I feel like they intentionally threw some misdirection in the preview. Because there's it, missing stones. Well, there, well, there's missing stones, and Cap's eyes turn yellow in the oh, preview. Okay. Like really? you, you, I didn't notice that. Yeah, his eyes I think yellow. That was the trailer up I avoided for so long. Yeah, that was the one everybody didn't watch. And that I couldn't talk about. It was a moment I wanted to talk about last time, but yeah, his eyes yellow up a bit, and that didn't happen in the movie. Okay. His eyes didn't go yellowed in the movie, but they did in the trailer, and it just, it was weird. Josh also points out that he realizes a lot of physical acting has been lost on Cap when he wears his helmet, as far as, like, maybe facial expressions and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Josh's favorite joke is Drax's it's like a pirate had a baby with an angel. <laughs> you know, Drax has some great moments. Mm-hmm. You know, just, just the serious moment that happens with Gamora and Star-Lord. I'll do you one better. Why Gamora? <laughs> yeah, why Gamora? The crunch of the like the candy or whatever. When they're having I'm this invisible. serious moment. I'm invisible. <laughs> I'm not. I'm <laughs> invisible. You, move for you more can candy. see me? <laughs> I, it, he has very underrated comedy that shows up in these things, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Alright, so the last one I'll touch on from Josh's notes. He says, This was Tony's moment to die. It was heroic. He never stopped trying to punch. The quiet deliberateness of the scene worked well. Now he's being spared again. For him to end up dying in part two will seem awkward, and this world doesn't make sense for him to be alive in it, but not be Iron Man anymore. I, I don't think he's going to die in the next one. I agree. I don't think they're going to Glenn from The Walking Dead this, where they kill him and then they bring him back just to kill him again right away. Yeah. Um, I don't see that happening here. I think he makes it through. For Pepper. All right, let's uh, spin off from that. Any other predictions for Avengers 4? 
Because I, I know we've we like even in the Avengers prep we did last week, we we predicted certain characters dying. I think we were still unsure if it's going to be this movie or the next one. I think a lot of those predictions we got wrong. Paul actually called Loki in that one. <laughs> I'm sorry, Loki. It's your fault. So, that is my fault. Any 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 predictions we want to carry over from the prep that we think still might go that might not happen until Avengers Four? Now that we know what happens in this one, I think touching back on what like Mike said, the time stone is maybe the key to bringing back Gamora. Um, maybe bringing back Loki. Who knows? Maybe uh, all the people. I'll cross my fingers Thank for you, you on that one. But I'm thinking like the bigger scale too of like the people who were all on the ship from, um, you know, Thor. Asgard. Asgard, thank you. And they all come back. So that would be, that would be nice to have. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so you think everything gets retconned at the I end of four? I do, and I think there's rainbows and butterflies. <laughs> if you want to throw a further one to that, they they go back even further with the time stone and we get our introduction to Nova as a surprise by oh, them going awesome. all the one. way back to when he attacks Xandar to prevent him from getting the power stone. Wow. And oh, we get our Nova core battle and Nova showing up in addition to Captain Marvel. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see Nova being a reaction to what happened at Xandar. Like Xandar realized they are not protected. They need a hero. And that's where Nova is born. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, from what they said, he decimated Xandar. It wasn't just like he went in and took it. He destroyed Xandar. Right. So we're led to believe that, you know, Nova Prime, Glenn Close, gone. Denarian Day and uh, what was John C. Riley's character? The I other, thought that was his name. No, oh, he was Denarian Day. Okay, we're, we're led to believe they're all gone Um, in, in that sense. So that would be an interesting turn is that Nova either shows up because of that or going back to that. I don't know. I think it's an interesting thought. Um, saving the Asgardians. Um, my actual prediction as far as story, I think there's a lot of possibilities, but I think Thor is the last Asgardian since I don't think we're going to see Lady Sif again. I don't think we're going to see Valkyrie again. I think Thor is the last Asgardian and I think Cap and Tony make it out of the movie alive and Thor dies. See, I'm thinking the exact opposite of you. I think Thor's going to be the one left standing, and Tony and Cap are going. Okay. At least one of them are. Captain? At least. At least... If I, think, I had to pick I one, I think it's Cap. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think mainly because I've seen the headlines already of Chris Evans saying he's not coming back after this, which leads me to believe Cap is done one way or the other. But it, uh, I don't trust headlines. I don't trust the stories because are they saying that to make you think wrong? Are they saying that so that people start writing him off? Are they telling him, just go out and tell people whatever, that you're not coming back? I mean, it could be. Because I think they mostly do not want spoilers coming into this. And I feel like him going out and saying that would be against some kind of contract. Well, that you would know that Cap might not be involved in movies going forward, but you don't know if Cap's going to die or if Cap walks away. Like There, okay, there are story ways that could that could be played. See, I think, because I think someone's not likely, coming back. I think that's likely with Tony Stark walking away from it. And, and then I can see, yeah, he'll, be, keep he'll him pick alive, up the, the Stan Lee cameo appearances. That's probably what's going to happen. Because <laughs> Stan Lee ain't going to make it much longer. Let's be real about that. I mean, he's like 98,000 years old. 
<laughs> Pepper's I pissed. She's 94 now. She's mad. Yeah. So. Yeah. There has to be a wedding. Who would there that needs be? to be a wedding. You, well, you, you figure. You figure if. Let's. I mean, you know, it's inevitable. Stanley's going to die, so you need somebody to carry on that, like. That, you know, the cameo appearance kind of deal. So that could be Tony Stark's job. Just. I was. I was figuring that was going to be Sam Jackson. That's it. Yeah. But I think good. they should start putting Kevin Feige in these movies. Oh, God. Give him the Stanley cameo. Does he have the personality of Stanley to pull it off, though? If it just wouldn't go as, it, it just wouldn't go as, I don't, know, I don't know, nobody knows who Kevin Feige is or what he uh, looks like. He everybody needs knows to be Stanley. known. Everybody knows he who does. Stanley is. Stanley created the comic book versions of these characters, and Kevin Feige crafted the MCU. I think Kevin Feige needs some recognition inside the movies. I agree. I won't disagree with that. Nobody can replay. They're just gonna have to CG stand in. That's what they're gonna have to do. <laughs> they're gonna have to Princess Leia stand in. Okay. I would. You know what? I'd be all for that. <laughs> it's a low blow. Um. I I I think Thor is going to die because there's no path for him going forward. There's no story going forward. He's the most powerful being in the universe at this point that we know of. Um, Captain Marvel may challenge that, per se. They said that she is. She's going to be the most powerful hero so far. Right. But but I'm saying we, we have Thor as this... Went from being, you know, this really powerful godlike character to now an Omega-level god that's going to be able to wipe out anything in his path and damn near kills Thanos with the gauntlet. He just misses by a foot or so from hitting him in a fatal spot in an instant. And I think if Thor continues in the universe as this new powered version of Thor, it's going to make a really lackluster appearances for Thor. Like it's like, Oh, Thor shows up and saves the day. And I don't think we want that. They're going to have to, unpower him in some way, I think. Well, if you're going to make Captain Marvel that powerful, then the same argument could be made for her. True. But I feel like, well, I guess they're going to do the same thing with her that they've done with Thor recently, and have him have her not really be around, and have her back dealing with interstellar stuff far away from Earth. Yeah, I could see Thor going off, like, riding off into the sunset at the end of this. Especially if he is the last Asgardian basically around, I don't think you can. They're going to wipe out the entire race. That's fair. But I think after ten years, I think Tony Stark is is primed to go. I, I think he is. I think honestly, regardless, of what, I don't know. I come back to Chris Evans again, just saying, Cap. If we're going forward with the Red Skull, what's the Red Skull without Cap? Think about Cap's villain of the Red Skull fighting Sam Wilson as Captain America. Not the same. You're not having that personal connection, but having a villain from the past show up to tackle the new Captain America? I think that'd be fun. Red Skull versus Sam Wilson, Captain America. Yeah. I think if it's Bucky, it makes more sense. If Bucky becomes Cap. I, I know people don't like it, but because they're both still super soldiers. It still plays in my mind some reason that 
Well, they're playing up the whole buddy cop thing with Falcon and Winter Soldier now. So if Sam Wilson becomes Captain America, you could have Bucky in there as White Wolf and they could still have a duo. Okay. Love that idea. So, I mean, whether or not they do that, but I feel like Sebastian Stan would be wasted if they don't put him in other stuff. He's supposed to be signed for like six movies, so... Yet another reason I, I see the shield ending up there if Cap goes, but I I still I'm not I'm not sold on Cap going. I don't think they'd call him White Wolf if he's going to be Captain America. I think I think the fact that Bucky is now have a new superhero name I think that lends to Falcon being Cap. Well, I mean I I think I mean my my general prediction is still Cap is still around going forward. And nobody okay. gets the shield but Cap. All right, that's fair. So, but I think if they're if they're passing the torch, I think it's they're 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 laying the breadcrumbs. I think for Sam to be Cap. Okay. Um. Anybody else? Any other predictions for Avengers Four? I just want to know how they're going to find Thanos. That's that is a damn good question. <laughs> well, presumably. Thanos goes back to Titan to rest. What's in the difference a... between resting where he is now and resting on Titan? What do you mean? No, I'm saying that's where he is, where he goes. He like when he snaps his fingers, he brings Titan back too. Are you sure that's where he is? Yep. Are you sure it's not? It was awfully pretty to be Titan. It looks Did... very different from the planet that Nebula and Tony Stark are on at the end compared to where Thanos is. Yeah. Yes, he's in the he's in the Soul Stone. That's where he's at. No, no, no. It, he's in the Soul Stone for a short time there, and then he's out of it. And he goes to Titan. He remakes Titan. Do you remember when he flashes what Titan used to be to Tony? Right. That's where he's at. As he is what Titan, he's on what Titan used to be, and he probably remade Titan into what it used to be. But why, I feel like that should would... have been reflected where Nebula and Tony are then. Well, he does. He's not there when we get our last shot of Nebula and Tony. He hasn't right, done but if, that is, yet. Is, if if his same act to snap his fingers and make people Maybe disappear not... is the same act that makes the planet reform, then when people well, are disappearing on Titan, they should be looking at the planet as it was. Perhaps it's not the same act as snapping his fingers, and perhaps it doesn't happen all at once because neither does everybody die all at the same time. We see them go progressively. Like they don't all just fall at the same moment. Yeah, I don't know. I'm assuming I can, I can see where you're going, but I, I, don't I think know. he's on Titan. He would go home. Like I think he would go home. I, so I would assume he is on Titan. Or if he's in the Soul Stone, that's an interesting thought too. Well, Paul, if that's if Mike's theory is correct and he's on Titan, then Nebula and Tony could technically find him and go from there. Since they are still on Titan. Right. I guess that doesn't answer how everybody else finds them, though. Because th- throughout this whole thing, Cap, Thor, none of them have any idea where Tony is. Yeah. The the only one who may know is Rocket no- may know where Nebula is. Like, it, there may be something, some way that Rocket can figure out where Nebula went or where... The last thing Rocket Star-Lord knows is ship. the Guardians went to nowhere. So they're not even anywhere close to where oh, Rocket yeah. thinks they were. True. 
I don't know. I don't know how they're going to play that. that. That's that's a difficult scenario to figure out. Um, either way, I'm sure we'll do another prep episode before Avengers 4 comes out, because why not? Those are fun to do. <laughs> uh, one thing I guess we didn't touch on, I don't know if we want to touch on it real quickly, if there's anything to really to dig into, is the post credit scene. Was there anything in the post credit scene we want to get into? Other, I mean, the big thing we've already mentioned, Captain Marvel was teased. She gets a movie in between here and Avengers 4, so we will see her in Avengers 4. But where has she been? Because if... I think if 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 it takes place in, as a flashback in the 90s, like the rumors are saying, I definitely think she is heading up like the space division, sort of like S.H.I.E.L.D., and that's what? Sword. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if she is completely off-world, that would explain why she wasn't there for the first Avengers, the second Avengers, or any other big event that's happened in the MCU since then. She's kicking some scrawl ass. That's what she's doing. What, what's the name of the character that does that in the Mar- in the Marvel Universe, the green-haired chick? I can't remember her name. Oh, I think I feel like I can picture her, but I can't... I don't know her name. Like, she, last I seen, she was dating Beast in... Last I remember, her, she was dating Beast, and Beast was working with her over something she was like she was kind of good but also kind of evil because she would sacrifice earth if it meant saving the galaxy kind of thing so you know like it was an interesting spot for her to be in so i wonder how much of that may play into this carol danvers yeah I, i don't remember the name i'd have to look it up yeah same here i personally would love if they end the next Avengers movie with the post credit scene of them all eating shawarma again. <laughs> um, you know, d- d- something like that, or maybe a montage. Throw back like a montage of them trying different shawarma places throughout their years as the Avengers. Yeah. Oh, actually, okay, real quick, I just want to bring this up because I thought this was good from a technical standpoint. There's two shots in the movie that I feel like are meant to look like one take, and I don't know if they were sort of stitched together to look like that. One of them is the post credit scene. If you watch the post credit scene, it is all one shot. You are in the car behind Nick and Maria. They they stop the car to look at the car that spins out in front of them. You get out of the car with them. You follow them to the car to look through the driver's side. No one's there. It pans back around to Nick. He looks around, you see back down the street, it pans back around to Maria, she disappears, it pans back to Nick, walks around the truck, digs into the truck, goes to the side of the truck, disappears, and then the camera goes to the ground to follow the pager, all one shot. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty that cool. That is pretty awesome. Yes. The other shot that's like that is when they're in the sanctum in the beginning, and they start hearing the commotion outside, and you follow Tony out the front door, he looks up and down the street. He goes down the street, the camera turns around again to see some of the carnage behind him and to bark orders at Doctor Strange, spins back around to follow him down to the intersection, until you look down the intersection to see all the big shit that's happening, and I think it might spin around once there, and then it cuts, but all that from out the door down the street is all one continuous shot. Yeah. I noticed that, like, watching it, where it was like, oh, that's just, like, puts you in the moment of what's happening there. To do that yeah. in one shot. I will definitely pay attention to that when I go see it again. Yeah. Double check my math and see if yeah. it is actually one shot or if they try to stitch it together somehow. But, I mean, when the camera spins around, like, to look backwards again, there's probably somewhere in that spin where they can stitch scenes together. So it mm-hmm. makes it look like one shot. But it's so well done that I think it's it's 
hidden there. Mm-hmm. Either way, I give them props because long takes like that are really hard to do. So I, I respect stuff like that. Um, all right, if there's anything else, otherwise we'll uh, go around. We'll end with a, we'll give it a rating out of 10 and then we'll close it down. So who feels confident in, in their rating? The 9.5. There you go. There's somebody's confident. Nine. Ten. Uh, we got a nine from Paula, ten from Bradley. Yeah. I'll, ten I'll, out of ten. I'll go ten out of ten. Is this your first perfect score out of anything we've done? I think it is. Yeah. I have not watched a more well-put-together superhero movie to date. Fair enough. Uh, I actually think I'm going to agree with uh, Romano on this one. I'm going to go nine point five. There were. I got to be different. Nine point five one. Okay, fine. That's fine. I'll stick with the nine point five. There was a few little technical things for me. I think the the children, the Black Order, could have used some more backstory. Um, and I, I'm sure there was other nitpicky things that I talked about earlier that now I can't remember. But even if I get nitpicky about it, this was one of the most fun I've had at the theater watching a movie. It's two and a half hours. It does not feel like two and a half hours. Hell I've no. seen it three times. I think the pacing is fantastic. And it, yeah, just the amount of fun that I, just seeing this with an audience and having them cheer at like two or three different parts of the movie for specific things that happen is such a fun environment to be in for the theater that it's it's definitely worth seeing there. And yeah, I I loved it nonstop nine point five. That's where I'm at. Um, any other closing thoughts, or I'm closing it down. Anybody? Nope. Nothing. All right. If you've enjoyed the show. Please stop by iTunes. You can leave us a five-star rating and review. Be sure to share, subscribe, favorite the show wherever you listen to us, which is now available on Google Play. So check us out and subscribe there, which the link seems to be working. I've had a couple of people comment and say, hey, you can finally listen to the show now. So that's great. We're, we're, we're expanding our audience. So welcome to anyone that has been new to find us. Um, as always, you can find us on Facebook. Search Bry Guy as Super Friends or go to Facebook.com slash Friends. You can send us questions, comments, topics, suggestions, any of that stuff there. Or you can try to email us, bryguysuperfriends at gmail.com, or tweet us at bgsuperfriends on Twitter. I cannot promise that I will answer any of those from those two methods, but you can send it there. I will find it in a year. (laughs) On behalf of Paula, Mike, Mike, and myself, thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.